and welcome back to 216 Baseball, Cleveland Baseball Podcast. His name's Alex, my name's Paul, and if your favorite baseball team decided to do some acrobatics, do a 180, and finally beat some teams, you're in the right spot. Let's get into it. How you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm uh, beat, not so much from baby stuff, just a lot going on in life, but um, I'm happy to, to sit down and do this. I feel, you know when you feel disconnected from something? Like, you and I have hardly talked all week. We've both been busy, and yeah. I was really busy with work, and then obviously with the baby, my mom visited for a week, so she was there from Saturday to this past Saturday. Um and then work heating up. I was in uh, Chicago on Thursday for a really cool work event, some whining and dining. Um, and then, you know, staying downtown, you know, dinner, well, day drinking events, uh, more drinking. And then uh, got to go to Wrigley for the first time in my life and uh, do some entertainment there. See the, the Cubs play the Cardinals. Got amazing seats. Just couple rows left of directly from behind home plate i'd say maybe five rows um yeah maybe like 10 or you know to the left but i mean right there behind home plate i mean it was nothing I think maybe, the word you're looking for is sections or sections columns. yeah i said rows sorry uh sections well section wise i was like a section to the left of, of yeah. home plate um so columns is the word you're looking for yeah but you don't say oh what column are you in I, if i would have went 20 seats to my rate i would have been directly behind home plate like i could have yeah but columns are the opposite of rows and rows isn't the word you're looking for so yeah well regardless it's, it's a column of seats went to wrigley um i gotta be 100 percent honest super overrated um really underwhelmed by it nice ballpark nice you know the cubs fans are fine um you know it is what it is uh, i did sit during the entire thing I didn't stand up for the Cardinals at all, but I actually care about the Cardinals, and I probably looked a little bit like an ass, but don't care, because fuck the Cubs. That's how I'll always feel. It will never change. Um, they ended up winning, but uh, but yeah, no, Wrigley's cool. Uh, the Ivy was cool to see. We had amazing seats. Beautiful game. I mean, just like 65 degrees, just perfect. Yeah. Just underwhelming. Like, nice, nice stadium. I can't describe it. Just like... Just... I think it's just because you think that you had like too high of expectations. Not expectations. No, I had no expectations to it. No expectations for the park. I wasn't like I'm going to go see one of the coolest parks in Bay. That's not how I felt. I just was excited to see you know Wrigley. Like it's a it's a historical ballpark. uh, Very you know it's an infamous park, and um, I didn't really know what to think uh, just because we don't really see that park at all because we don't play them you know interleague stuff except for the world series so it's not like you see a lot of shots at a park and you kind of visualize it and and all that i just didn't do anything for me i thought it was super plain um i think it felt smaller than it was um there was a cubs fan that corrected me i was just thinking out loud to you know some of the people some business partners i was entertaining and i was like Man, it feels small, you know. I figure it looks like it fits 30-ish or something, and someone let me know it fits 44. So shout out to that Cubs fan. She was nice and corrected me. I think it's because, you know how most parks, or at least Progressive Field, has like uh, it has decks, you know? So it's like yeah. it goes up a little bit, 
and then it's like new deck goes up a little bit deck or whatever. Wrigley Field is very much, um, and I'm trying to do the hand motions here, so for audio, it's going to be tough. Like, it's very much expansive. Like, here's the seats behind home plate, and it just goes around, but it just goes Mm -hmm. up a long ways. Like, really up. And there is a second deck, but it's not a lot of seats. And it feels like the second deck really doesn't take up a lot of, like, the, the ballpark. So it's very expansive the way it just like goes up and out like that, you know, the semicircle kind yeah. of shape of a park. And I think that's why it just, I don't know. It just didn't really do anything for me. One gripe I do have is I am a hard, ha- hardcore baseball fan. Okay. I, we literally run a podcast flex, you know, we love and die baseball. Okay. We're not, we're more than an average fan. It took me like five minutes where to fucking figure out where the balls and strikes were on their scoreboard. And I was not inebriated at that point. Very tired? Yes. Inebriated? No. It took a couple of us to figure it out. They have like three scoreboards and it took me like five minutes. I'm like, where the fuck do I find balls and strikes of the current count? And the only place it was is like if you're behind home plate, it was on one of those little side screens to the right of you. Like, you know, where above the suites would be at Progressive Field. That's the Mm -hmm. only place I could find it. They got a big screen and left. I looked everywhere. Not there. They have the classic cool center field one where they, you know, kind of like Bob. Austin uh, does it where they'll score the games that are in progress and it's like old school manual. You know, it's real cool. Awesome. Then a big ass screen in right field. The only place balls and strikes could be found at any given time was this one little screen to the right. And I was like, that's dumb. Like, it's not a reason I hate the park, but I was like, that's stupid. Like, what are, what are we doing yeah. here? It should not be that hard to find the balls and strikes. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I saw it. I could live without it. I would put it. 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 It lives in nostalgia. I talked to Quincy, who's been to yeah. like 23 parks. He agreed. He's like, it's 100% nostalgia for people. You know, it's it's not anything special. I yeah. love Chicago, this too. Summer, I'm, this summer, I'm going to try to get up to Boston, to Fenway, to see a game. And I'm excited for that. I fully expect you to have the same experience that I had at Wrigley. Really? Yeah, I think it's a dump. And I think most... I haven't been there. I'm see, just saying. I feel everyone, like most people everyone say it's I a dump. Talk, they, they, have, they have shitty seats there. For like from what I've heard, because they have seats that like you like home plates here and you face like left field like you don't face. Yeah, like there's just weird seats. But from a lot of people that I know that like baseball, one of my really good buddies, his wife's from up there and is a huge Red Sox fan. So they go pretty often. And he's he's actually a Cardinals fan. He's like, I love Fenway. Like, it's so cool. Uh, like they sat near pesky pole one time they sat on the monster they've sat in like really good seats yeah they said they like yeah sitting at pesky pole is kind of shitty because like that's those are the seats that face like left field yeah you don't face home plate so like it, you're like this is dumb yeah you're you know turning I mean? the entire time like yeah okay, cool he's it, you have to like watch the game like this but um i don't know i'm excited i just like seeing ball- ballparks different ballparks yeah, no, I mean, it's sweet. I It's just, it remind. there's no bias, I would tell you. Like, by far, Bush Stadium is the most beautiful stadium I've been to, and I've only been to, like, five or six at this point, and I want to yeah. do better about that. But, like, yeah, it lived up to all the hype. And it wasn't just because we were excited and a little trip. You know, I, I would be, I can be honest of, like, hey, it was, it? no, like, Bush Stadium was gorgeous. It was unbelievable. It was as beautiful oh, yeah. as everybody tells you it is. This, and I, this, I was like, the, this is nuts. Like the scene of like the archway in the background like perfectly like centered with the beautiful like like, condos the high rise to the left i mean it's just 
it was well it, you know what beautiful. i found out because like i said my really good buddies from he's from st louis he grew up going to those stadiums he was there when they rebuilt it mm-hmm. so you remember how they had the budweiser brewery like satellite across the street from the stadium yeah i think so like in ballpark village okay yeah so when they have home games the budweiser factory sells tickets they have a rooftop bar and they sell tickets where you can watch the game from the rooftop right there that's sweet yeah i I know wrigley does that too where you can you're like not in the park but people have bought that like parking garage or building that you can see over it but yeah um yeah, I mean, it, that was beautiful. I still, like, I would put, again, no bias. I've been to, uh, I've toured Coors Park, which is really cool, or Coors Field. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't catch a game, but I've walked through the entire thing. Um, I've been to, obviously, Progressive Field, Wrigley, Coors, uh, Bush, uh, Guaranteed Rate Field. I've been to the White Sox. That's the most vanilla stadium I've ever seen. But even that one, I don't know. I I, I hesitate to say it's nicer than Wrigley, but I felt like I enjoyed being in this stadium more than Wrigley. I know that's a weird description, but I can't like, I don't know. Wrigley just didn't do anything for me. And like guaranteed rate is so vanilla. Like it's has no, it's like a creative park, like no personality whatsoever. It's like build a baseball park. And they're like, okay. And they just built it. And they're like, here you go. <laughs> it's so vanilla and like no character, but I don't know. But progressive field just stays slept on. It really does. Like the the personality, nice summer night. But yeah, so I'd say Bush, progressive, progressive field. field. Yeah, and there's not a bad state. There's not a bad seat in that entire stadium. Coors. Um, and then I guess Wrigley. I don't know. It was still nice, but it was just weird. I don't know. Just I didn't like the way the stadium felt. Like the the dimensions, the way you kind of feel like when you're sitting in a stadium and like it's around you. I don't know. I just didn't like the design. It made me feel weird. I will say out of the stadiums that I've been to, I think it goes Bush, Petco, Progressive. Oh, you've been to San Diego's park? Yeah. Oh, sweet. And then you've been to the Mariners. You've been to T-Mobile. Yeah. Seat- Seattle's was uh, pretty cool. Um, I'm going to be honest forgetful like yeah it's a big stadium special yeah i've driven past it i haven't been in i've driven past which doesn't count a shit ton of stadiums as i've been around the united it's like the rangers old ballpark i've peeked in the diamondback stadium but i didn't go in it so it doesn't count when i was in phoenix i've uh trying to think of what else i drove past the seattle t-mobile park and when i visited seattle but I didn't go in until it. you said it. I completely forgot that I had been to Seattle. Or Dude, been don't, to don't worry. T-Mobile Park. Don't worry. I got you, King. <laughs> yeah. And then because uh, I saw opening day there, the 20, the Indians played there in 2017. 18? You sure? 2017. Yeah, because I was on deployment all of 2018. Sure? Really? OK, I was thinking 2018. Yeah, but wasn't I it left right before you went on deployment? So are you sure I left it for deployment January, February, March. Are you sure uh, it wasn't it might right have been. before? I feel like it was 2018. Like, I know you would know, but, but for some reason, I really don't feel like it was the 17 season. Let me think. No, you're right. It was 18 because 17, I, I left Italy in like October, September of 17. Yeah. And then I left for deployment April of 18, and I came back like late December of 18. So it might have been right before I went for deployment. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought it was 18, but anyway, neither here nor there. We've been to Pittsburgh like five times together because we lived two hours away for the longest time. And yeah, we literally have been to PNC. To game. It, like, I don't understand. It's kind of a war crime that we haven't been there. We could easily yeah. mark or knocked out Great American Ballpark for Cincy. I could do that now. I live two hours from there. We could knock out the Tigers. That's like three hours. Like, we got to step it up. Like, I started doing it. I'm like, I... I suck. Like, I really got to start stepping yeah. this shit up, man. My uh, my my roommate's from – he's from Buffalo. So uh, I'm trying to talk him into going up to New York and catching okay. hit Mets, Yankees in the same weekend. You've been to Camden Yards before too, right? Yep, I have been to Camden Yards. So I've about that too. been to like 23 parks. He had an episode of the Guardians fan cast plug like a couple months ago in the off season where Camden's he ranked beautiful. them. And he put that in like his top five of like parks that people really under like do Camden not give it respect. Beautiful. It's super cool. Um, I mean, Utah, like anyone that watched the games, you, I, it's, I, it's one of those stadiums where like you can kind of tell it's really cool on TV. But until you go there, I've been I've been to Camden Yards twice. I went twice in one weekend. Um, we bought me and my ex bought tickets, and then we we're like, "Well, we're here tomorrow. Would you want to go again?" And we we're like, "Yeah, sure." And so uh, we went twice in one weekend, and uh, which is sat in the yeah sat in the second deck the first day, and then closer the the second day. But that that whole stadium's gorgeous. Uh, Utah Street right there. There's a lot of like cool restaurants and stuff. Uh, not quite as like f- baseball friendly as St. Louis, which no baseball stadium is. Like the whole area around. I don't know, man. Coors is. I mean, they have the same thing. They have like a whole little like village around it, and there's literally apartments. Like if you were a single bachelor that made really good money, when I tell you you could take a baseball and throw it and hit the stadium from your apartment, I mean literally you could just stumble into your apartment after the game. I hundred feet from the stadium. I'm not even okay. exaggerating. But uh, I get but, what you're saying. It, but th- that's what makes it cool. Is like you literally yeah. just walk right out and you're like, okay, time to party. Like let's get yeah. right back to it. Which we we never had the the I don't want to say pleasure of doing that. That's no, we were already that's fucked. That's what I'm looking for. You're already fucked up. The, yeah, we are. Well, no, I'm saying the privilege. Like even like when we were growing up, like yeah, Cleveland was like 45 minutes away, but we could never like be like, hey, what are we doing tonight? Want to go to a baseball game? Like because we were both still kind of young when when we both lived in Ohio. So yeah. it wasn't like because my buddy who. Like, Troy, the guy I keep talking about from St. Louis, he might get yeah, upset. Talk about Troy name, more. Whatever. Start a podcast with him, all right? Since you like yeah. Troy so fucking much. Yeah. Um, he's the only person that I work with that watches baseball. So <laughs> he's like the only person I talk to it about. You like, but, I don't uh, even like Troy that much, but I just kind of need this, honestly. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Troy's one of my good buddies. Okay. Uh, he listens to this like, <laughs> excuse me? He does listen. Good. <laughs> Shout out to Troy then. What's up, Troy? <laughs> Um, I was here first, bitch. he goes and because uh, he grew, like I say, he grew up in St. Louis, went to college there. And then he had a job before he joined the Navy there. And he's like, be at his computer at work and be like, it's about four o'clock. Ugh, there's an evening game and tickets. And then the, he would literally just like walk to the stadium. That's the move. The place, you know, if we ever move back to Ohio that we kind of know we want to live is like 15, 20 minutes from the stadium. 
Yeah. I will buy quarter half season tickets because you can like if you're 15 minutes away and you get a parking pass, then eat well, dinner, run yeah. to the game like and you can literally OK, leave it the seventh inning. Like if you got to get home, you know, if it's running like a long game. And, like, uh, so I, I think I don't think I talked about it last episode, but I talked to you about it a little bit because uh, I am seriously considering getting out of the military and I was looking up jobs that. Uh, like cybersecurity analyst jobs, which is kind of what I do in the Navy right now. And uh, a lot of baseball teams, professional baseball teams, hire cybersecurity analysts. So, yeah, everybody needs it. Yeah. And uh, so, I don't know. I've been looking at applying for one of those. So, we'll see. Make way better money and do something you love i would love to do like baseball analytics i mean i would even it's at the you know money is very important to me it's just every yeah different things are different are important to different people everybody wants to make money but like money is like my number one driver you know some people want a ton of vacation time and this and that and i'm fortunate to have an incredible job that i get a lot of a lot of those things, but money compensation drives me. Uh, but I like if I could truly work for a team in like baseball analytics, I would take a slight pay cut. Like that is the only thing oh, yeah. in this entire world. Not a huge one, but I would take a slight pay cut, which for me is My- like I can't even put that into like comparison. That's like yeah. blasphemy for me. But I would take a slight pay cut. I take you know, I'd take like twenty grand less. Honest to God, I would. Uh, I would make it work if I got to do like baseball analytics or something. I, I, yeah. I, I would what's just crazy follow right my now passion. Is, what, what's, what's super crazy is like cybersecurity is what I'm super interested in. I've been doing it for coming up on nine years now, pretty much, and uh, uh, to be able to do the same thing, which I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, but to go do that for a professional baseball team, like. Yeah, cool, dope. <laughs> I was already looking at being a cybersecurity analyst for just a normal company. Why not go do it for a professional baseball team? Yeah, and, and just get to, like, I'm sure there's going to be big perks to working with the organization. And, yeah, I mean, that would just be awesome. You get to mix all parts of your life. I actually looked into it because I'm one of those people that, well, Taylor always supports me in everything. And, um, you know, she just was like, so do it. And I looked into it, and the only thing is, like, I'm I'm an intelligent person. I'm good with numbers. But they literally hire their analytics teams. Don't have as many people as you think. It's a pretty small group, even for most teams. They hire, like, three, maybe ten people tops. And those people usually have, like, literal PhDs in, in like, mathematics or yeah. just cra- – I mean, like – Honestly, savants, like not like, oh, you're good at math or you get baseball. Like they hire like mathematical savants, like almost actuaries. And I'm like, well, you know, that's why they're called dreams. <laughs> well, because I, 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 we talked about earlier that I, I thought about getting into broad like sports journalism slash broadcasting because I think I'm a fairly decent talker. I mispronounce words a decent bit, but who doesn't? You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, for a broadcast, but, that's not important. So, yeah, but <laughs> but I think I could. I think I could manage and I think I'm personable, but then I was like, you know what? Computers and like networks and stuff is like my bread and butter. I'm sure baseball teams need it. And sure enough, pretty much every baseball team does. Yeah. I mean, every company ever, every, every sports security. Yeah. Yeah. Every company ever. But yeah, I mean, to be able to do that would be sweet. So I love that for you and I hope it works out. You're going to have the experience. I mean, in your realm, you will have the experience to do that and, 
and oh yeah you speak that language so i love that for now you. listen and, if i put out a resume that says i maintain and manage cybersecurity in a network on a multi-million dollar u.s naval vessel like it sounds pretty dope yeah it's like uh daryl in the office when he puts in his uh thing to joe for his management resume yeah he's like you moved 30 billion units of inventory 30 billion units he's like 30 billion units of what he's like pieces of paper hey, ma'am <laughs> that's one of my favorite things in the world is like ways that you can talk when it comes to network security there's nothing like quite as important as like i don't know the nation's most sensitive information true it's just funny when people yeah uh find you know it's just like resume talk we've all done it where you could do things like i was a cashier you could be like managed managed um Manage the manage the day to day finances and insure like all this maintained stuff. It's like and, yeah, and maintained uh, managed the cash that flow came, that that <laughs> yeah that funds that entered and exited uh, the organization within a twenty four hour period, uh, <laughs> ensuring a balance at all times, in, and <laughs> resulting in uh, a fully inventoried <laughs> cash register. <laughs> but it's uh yeah i just love that stuff it it always makes me laugh um yeah but another thing just because i feel like we haven't done an actual personal kind of like update thing um yeah just been busy at work uh counterpart of mine in illinois uh moved on to another opportunity so i'm taking on that on on top of managing the entire state of indiana so i got that going um so work's gonna be real busy and um what else i've been really into two things you're gonna laugh at this and then we'll keep it moving uh i got really into these shows i'll find really obscure shows and i just like i was into team god if you say the kardashians i'm gonna fly to indiana and slap the shit out of you no so i was into you know teen mom like really into teen mom so I've been on a Little Women of Atlanta kick, okay? For oh yeah, that show's fucking hilarious. Yeah, so we're through three seasons, and if I told you how many hours of television that added up to, you all would judge me and wouldn't listen to this show. Um, it's basically six or seven little people who are into the club scene and just drama, and it just follows their life around, and they've become part of my life. Um, Minnie needs to stop acting up. Big transformation from money from season one to season three. Love that for um, Miss Juicy's Miss Juicy. I don't know. The show's crazy. It's so Miss drama. Miss Juicy's goaded. Yeah, Miss Juicy is goaded. But she stirs that shit, man. Like, it's a little much. I know. It's I love a little it. much. So we've watched every episode, seasons one through three. Um, and I bet you it's it's an embarrassing amount of hours. I bet you it works out to probably 25 plus hours easily. It's a lot of episodes. So I've been on that. But another thing I've been wanting to try forever, and I feel like you'll have an opinion on this. I've been wanting to do this because I heard people say it was so cool, is the Formula One uh, Netflix documentary series that follows the seasons. Everybody mentions it. People that don't give a shit about Formula One, just in passing, they'll be like, oh, have you ever seen Uh this? And I've wanted to. I love cars and stuff, but I'm not into racing. I've seen Formula One on if I've gotten up early pre Everett and it'll be like on ESPN and I'll turn it on. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I know Lewis Hamilton's like the goat, but that's all I know about it. This show, mm, I can't wait till the race on Sunday. I'm already on season two about halfway through. I've even got Taylor into it. My mom and I watched the first season. 
And I'm still trying to figure out what team I want. I'm trying to blow through all four seasons. So I'm like caught up on all the drama who drives for, for whom, you know, cause it's each season is like a year behind. So season four, when I get to it, it'll cover last year's season. And so I'm trying to like understand all the, but what an amazing job they do of providing context. And that's why I try and like describe, like it would take you years of trying to figure out the history of Formula One, of trying to understand all the drama. And you'd basically have to like relearn it as it happened because otherwise you need someone in your ear that is a diehard that can explain it to you. Or you scour the internet and get the opinions of everybody. And like that's like a full-time job to get caught up. And the show does an amazing job of just like bringing you up to speed on like why it matters that this driver's here or what this driver's performance matters and why he didn't do well. And like it just gets you into the realm where it's like, yo, I kind of know what I'm talking about of, of Formula One. And I wish there was a way to do that with baseball. It wouldn't be as easy. But if they could find a way to like get a casual fan to understand that like at any time for the, okay, real quick. One fact is like the fact that the Rangers spent like half a billion dollars and it, you know, if they, you could find a way to quickly kind of be like, Hey, the Rangers have sucked ass the last three or four years. The fact that they bought into a new middle infield that they'll have for the next seven years with Semyon and, um, uh, what's his name at shortstop, uh, Corey Seager, you know, they're hoping, you know, and there's so many teams and so much goes on. But if you could do a more extended series with little snippets of every team so that you could kind of be like, oh, OK, I know who I want to root for now. Or like you could highlight Mike Trout. You can highlight Bryce Harper and Aaron Judge and you could bring that drama to it. You could grow the game. Someone told me and I haven't verified it, but I was talking about it with one of my counterparts that I haven't seen in a while uh, when we were in Chicago. He came in from Michigan and he's like, yeah, I've been on Formula One for like eight years. I love it. And he's like, that show has grown viewership by like 50 percent. He's like Damn. literally like 50 percent since that's come out and i believe it like i can't wait till sunday because i feel like i even though i'm a couple years behind i'll at least have context to some of the drivers and teams and what it means and be like oh fuck i want to root for this one or i don't or like oh if that like i don't know it's got me hooked and like i otherwise i would never know what to do with formula one it's like oh yeah it's cool but i don't know how to dip my toes into that I don't know. So I the only thing like that that i've gotten into recently is moto racing like motorcycle racing mm-hmm. those people are fucking nuts yeah they're going like 200 miles per hour on a, a street bike that all they have is a, a armored suit between them and asphalt. It's similar nuts. To, I've been watching similar to Formula One, but motorcycles, but less yeah. protection. Yeah. yeah and like you'll nuts. see them like if you see someone go down, they'll slide for 150 yards. I know. It's crazy. They're just like, yeah, well, probably feet. <laughs> just like, oh, fuck. I don't know. Actually, yeah, you're doing 200. You lay it out, and you're gonna. But I highly recommend. You're gonna feel it. Yeah, if, I uh, highly recommend if nobody's seen the it. The only show that I started watching is Shit's Creek. You've never seen Shit's Creek? Nope. Great show. I, 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 stick I'm, uh, stick like with a it. Season. I'm a season and a half through. All right, so you're already into the really good season. One starts yeah. out. I remember everybody was talking about it, and it's we will- super cringy. Like the whole, it's all cringe humor. Yeah. And it reminds me of like the first couple seasons of The Office where I'm like, this is just, it's tough to get through. At first, I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. I don't know that I think it's funny. And then you start learning the characters and the show kind of finds yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's stride. Stevie, it, it, Stevie, what? I'm going to be honest, hot as shit. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm surprised you didn't say uh, what's her name, Alexis. Isn't that her name on the show? The sister. Yeah. Nah, she's kind of a bitch. I don't like her. Yeah, she's so funny, David. David. <laughs> so in the mom, that's like the baby. She talks with this ridiculous <laughs> accent. She always mispronounces words on purpose to try to sound fancy. I know. It's that's a great show. I can't believe you're just getting into that. It's as the show goes on, you'll get even more like endeared to it. And like, the, yeah, it really. It is. A, it, there's a re, it won a ton of awards. It is well, very spoiler alert. Right. Anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Fast forward like 45 seconds. The end of the first season when like David just drives away. I was like, they killed off my favorite character. I hate this show. I was going to be then- so upset. And then the very next episode, like the first episode of season two, he comes back. I was like, Whoo! I I totally forgot that even happened. I was sitting there like, wait, what are you going to say? But, it's been uh, years since yeah, we watched it. We binged it all like once. Uh, basically, I think season four, the final season had just come out it, when we had like made our way through. So it was kind of convenient. But then it was like, oh, it's over. Oh, yeah. Such a good, such a good show. Then uh, we started watching. Um, how I Met Your Father, which is like a How I Met Your Mother spinoff with Hilary Duff mm-hmm. uh, as the main character. So that that show's really fucking good, too, because I'm a big How I Met Your Mother fan. I, I love that show. Um, yes, you are. It's a it's a. What? I was just saying you're a big fan of that, of How I Met Your oh, Mother. I, I wasn't saying I didn't, it to be I, funny. I didn't know what you yeah, All I heard was like, yes, you are. I was like, the, the, yeah, the fuck it was like a saying? little delayed after I said it. I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Um, but yeah, uh, great show. Anyone who likes how I met your mother, you'll really like how I met your father. I was super skeptical going into it. Cause I was like, it's going to be like a cheap rip off and it's going to be dumb, but it was actually really good. Yeah. So basically my life is just watching as much formula one as possible. Like the series, uh, working like a dog and watching these guardians win. Whoops. Yeah. So uh, we spent half an hour catching up, but you guys love us. So um, the hot topic is going to be light. You know, just kind of recap the month of May just real quick, kind of like we did last month. Um, You know, it it was not a great month for us. Uh, It it was pretty disappointing. You know, we played some some tough teams. And if baseball reference actually doesn't, uh, you know, take. I'm curious to see what our record for May was. Yeah, so that's the first thing I was going to hit is uh, is that, again, if it doesn't take a shit, let's see. Because I okay. feel like uh, for the month of May, I want uh, to I, I want to throw it because I don't have baseball reference in front of me because it makes my internet okay. freak the fuck out. Yep. But I want to say, I think we ended either just under, I, we were right around 500 for the month of May. Okay. We were 12 and 12, which does surprise me. I thought we had a worse month of May. I'm not going to lie. Look at me. But it was very disappointing. We lost a series to Detroit, for example. Um, yeah, we, we beat some around. really good. We we beat teams that I don't think we were supposed to beat, and we we lost to teams we were supposed to beat. We so, split like, with San yeah, Diego. Counter- we went three and one against Toronto, which was nuts. And then yeah. we split with the White Sox. And then this is where it got rough. Um, so we had a good start, and then we went. We lost a series to Minnesota. Uh, we went one and two that weekend. Then we got swept in the mini series by Cincinnati. Then we split the Detroit series with another rainout. Then we lost. Uh, we won the first game against Houston. Lost the next two, which that's baseball. And then it really sucked when we lost two or three to Detroit last week. 
Um, yep. Meaning, sorry, not the, the week prior, you know, like the episode we did last week. Yeah. So that that sucked. Um, so good. I, yeah, if I had to guess, I would have said we did worse. But yeah, we were nine, nine and 12 in April and then 500 in May. So that is not what I would have guessed. I'm not not going to lie. Um, so we're 24 and 20. I'm kind of surprised with myself. Hey, you did great, King. Uh, 24 and 25 on the year. We're 11 and 8 at home. I'm assuming it hasn't changed yet. Well, no, because we're just now going home finally. Uh, we've played the least amount of home games in all of baseball. Uh, so really? that's fun. Yeah, we have seven we've home also games. Had, I don't know if we still have had the most rainouts or not, but... I'm sure we have. We have to. I yeah. Mean, but yeah, we've played uh, the least that amount of... sun is brutal right now. Yeah, coming through. <laughs> yeah. But we've played the least amount of home games to the people. in all of baseball, which... Hey, that's something. We're eleven and eight at home, so we we always play well at home. Thirteen and seventeen on the road, so hey, thirty of uh, forty nine games have been on the road. That's kind of nuts. We've played one and a half times as many games on the road. But, I mean, that's that's brutal. So seven games at home this week will help straighten that out, and hopefully we can keep a nice run going. Um, Extra innings were three and two. One run, one run games were seven and eight. So that's kind of interesting. In blowouts, where there's a five plus run differential, we're eight and three. So we do blow teams out. Um, interleague play, we're three and six. So uh, didn't do too well. But we played. What well, sucked that we played poorly against the Reds, but that's so much better. Okay, okay. We I'm going through this, so I'm not even watching you do all this stuff right now. So I don't have the camera part up, but. Uh, you know, we, we lost two to two and we won two in Cincy and then we got swept by the Giants. So that's part of our interleague woes and then split with the Padres in a two game series and then lost the two game series or swept by the Reds. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, I don't want to get too nitty gritty in that. What I do want to just talk about is kind of the real quick performance of people up to this point um, and then quickly kind of get into some of these games. So, you know, through we can't I can't chop it out or i'm not going to do all the work to chop out the last what five days of of june but through today you know till monday the game is supposed to happen in like 10 minutes if it doesn't get rained out jose ramirez leads our team with a 193 ops plus he is 93 (laughs) percent better than the average major leaguer when adjusted for ballpark he has a 1.02 ops so he's got a one daughter 291 393 obp six 32 slugging paul he has 30 walks he's only struck out 15 times he has a two to one walk to strikeout ratio if you're yeah, one to one hurt when you get intentionally walked for your first two at bats against the team still but he still works his walks and takes them yeah and he could press and i just no one wants to pitch to him for good reason just think about this guys if you have a one to one strikeout ratio you're awesome like that's amazing through the first yeah. almost third of the season, he has a two to one walk to strikeout ratio. That is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Twelve doubles, four triples. I think he leads all of baseball in triples. Fourteen home runs, fifty three RBIs, seven stolen bases. Just a monster. Which I think the fifty three RBIs still leads the league, right? No, someone overtook him. I think he's now leads the AL or something like that. Um, I'm pulling it up. And then in second on OPS plus, Andres Jimenez, our fucking king, with an 869 OPS, a 148 OPS plus. He had a bad week or two there, but didn't matter. He's popping off. Uh, still struck out 34 times and 137 at bats. So um, 
Uh, strikeouts are a little heavy, but hey, 307, 329. That's five. new baseball, though. There's the three true outcomes. Yeah, which he's not quite like that. You know, he still hits 307. He just doesn't walk. It, yeah, he, that's, that's what I'm saying. But like that baseball now is like people either hit home runs or strike out. You know what I mean? True. Um, just not on our team. Like, or our team walk. Just, but that's the thing is he yeah. never walks. He's got four walks. Uh, Jose is second in all baseball with 53. Pete Alonso has 54. But Jose leads the American League in RBI by 11. So um, pretty cool. So Andres Jimenez popping off. Then we got our King Josh Naylor, 277, 333, 491 slugging for an 824 OPS and a 137 OPS plus. Six home runs, six doubles, um, only 16 strikeouts. I love that. And you know what else I love? Eight walks. Now, that's a more traditional line, but he, he'll he take his walks. I like that about him. He yeah. puts the ball he just in makes, play. He, so Josh Naylor's thing is that when he sees a ball he can hit, he hits it. Yeah. Now, he doesn't always find green or he doesn't always get on base. But he makes a But ton he makes of contact. contact a lot. And then uh, wrapping it up is Owen Miller with a 127 OPS plus, uh, slashing 275, 339, 444 slugging for a 784 OPS. So about 70 and I, points. I, I, I have to do my traditional ode to Austin Hedges. One thing that I will say that May taught us is just how good defense Austin Hedges plays. Yeah. Like watching, watching Luke Maley behind the plate, like puts into perspective how good a defense he plays. Yeah, it is, and we'll get to that. But you're, it needs to be said. You know what I mean? The, like, yeah. it, well, because for a breakdown of May, this that's one of my takeaways from May is that Austin Hedges' defense is so when you like see an Luke average. Maley, who's yeah, average? Luke, he's you know yeah. he's not bad, but when you see average, when we're used to seeing godlike defense, you still see it, and you because there's miss a play it. in this series that that I don't think Austin Hedges gets enough credit for because uh, a lot of people gave it to Oscar Gonzalez, but um, just like going even from stuff like uh, blocking balls or framing pitches from watching a game, like as closely as I do. And from being a catcher, like the subtle, like framing Austin Hedges as a, a framer, is one of the best in baseball. Like I wish there was a like an analytics stat for it. There is. Um, it's tough to find, but uh, depending on the data. But baseball savant does track it, and I believe this year he's in the top like thirty percent. So and back in twenty eighteen or nineteen twenty nineteen, he had like the craziest year. He was like in the one percentile of framing. He stole yeah, like twenty runs of framing. It was yeah, crazy. All, like Austin Hedges' defense. Is nuts. Andres Jimenez's defense is obviously nuts. Miles yeah. Straw's defense is nuts. Uh, Owen Miller flashing glove in May. In yeah, May, getting, he made a lot of, especially like when he moves over to first base to give Josh Naylor some rest or for him to DH like, now with uh, yeah Fran Mio on the IL with with Austin, like watching him play first, he still plays first like a second baseman. So he makes these nuts plays, like these crazy plays at first base that you don't see a lot of first basemen makes because he's he's more athletic than a lot of first basemen are. Mm-hmm. Um, he smoothed it out though, and it, it's going to yeah. take time. You know, young kid, and he, 
I mean, obviously, Jose's Jose. Uh, he yeah. plays crazy defense. Um, yeah, above average for sure. I mean, he's, yeah. he's solid. And well above average. This week, we saw... I don't want to give any spoilers away, but we saw Plesak shine a little bit. Oh, yeah. He's always a stud. That The play he makes is absurd. Yeah. It's going to be one of the best plays you see a pitcher make. Probably It like, probably is going to be like the best play that you see a pitcher make all year from a fielding. It was like, insane. A play like that is like what earns pitchers gold gloves. Yep. Yep. Um, Just to wrap up the offense part real fast and then, you know, kind of take a step back but just so we get it done. Stephen Kwan, who's really carried by the beginning of the year, 713 OPS, 109 OPS plus. Um, the OPS is league average, but the OPS plus is 9% above. Uh, 254 batting average. That's how far he's fallen down. 354 OBP, 358 slugging. So kind of a pool noodle. Um, Which yeah, 19. That's to be expected from, like, that's what we thought he was going to be. You know what I mean? No one yeah. expected him to be super high on slugging. So, like, Miles Straw, I don't expect, you know, he's been kind of getting the top three disappointments. I mean, it's kind of the bottom three of our regular starting nine, uh, you know, Miles Straw, 84 OPS plus. You expect him to be 95 to 100. You know, he's not going to be a banger, but a 621 OPS. But is he still a, gives you gold glove caliber defense. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying, we also know he can be about league average OPS, oh, yeah. but he's 100 points Especially under. that OBP, yeah. Yeah, 330s, solid, but the 231 batting average, like he's taken his walks, 28 walks, but... You know, thank God for all that because he's batting 231. Like you usually see yeah. him around 275. So you'd see that OBP around 375 or so. And the slugging really has not been there this year at 291, just a pool noodle. Which, Which again, I he's not going to be a banger. But he'll, from this week, like he, he turned it around a little bit. He had a couple more. I feel like he, he did a little bit better this week than he did. Yeah, it's slightly better, before. but still. A little rough. So we need him to get going. Um, again, average down to 231, which we're new age, but you need your leadoff hitter to have that an average closer to like 275. That's that's just yeah. baseball. Ahmed Rosario, you know, what have we not said about this guy? Even when it feel it felt like he had a great week this week, right? Like to me, singles. he had a we, he had a great he did week. have he did have a really good week. He had a he had a, a I know he had a triple and a double in a game. Yep. And I think he had a couple doubles, uh, but just still a lot of still singles. had a six. Like I did the math even after this week, he still had like a 680 OPS, which is below league average. So yeah. he has a 70 OPS plus. He is 30% below the average player. Uh, he has a 582 OPS. It's about 130 points below league average. Um, again, OPS plus is just adjusted for ballpark factor. Um, so that takes it into account. Uh, slashing 240, 280, 302. Get him off my fucking team. With very mediocre defense. Very, very mediocre. And we've talked about it ad nauseum. Like, jams up our entire defensive alignment to get a 70 OPS plus bat in. I like the guy. He plays hard. Not it. Get him off my team. Yeah. I don't even... We have a year and a half of control. We're not going to get anything for him. Even if he goes on a tear, Paul, we're not going to get anything for him. Like, it's a year and a half of a league average bat when he's going well. And yeah, shit defense. If, I mean, if we could get bullpen arm... Like, like just get a decent arm bullpen arm, like a reclamation yeah, project. But get him off our team. You're not holding out to get a real, like, one-for-one one piece. It's not going to happen. Like, it's just not. And we don't need a, we don't need a shortstop for him. We, God, we, no, like, we need people to take some of our shortstops. <laughs> yeah, we need we need bullpen arms. So buy one, get that's, one free. That's what we need. And power out. Spoiler alert: Oscar Gonzalez answered a lot of questions that we had. Like 
for now. Him yeah, just hit yeah, like him coming up and like the way he's been playing. A motherfucker just hits. I think is what yeah, you're trying and to like say. That, yeah, yeah, um, like the kind of what we needed in the outfield. Expect and like just hits the ball. I I still don't think he's hit a home run yet, which is surprising with his exit velo. Yeah, because he just scorches everything. Yeah, like I don't know if maybe there's he has to get like work on launch angle stuff and like like. But hey, if you're smoking singles and doubles and he's pretty fast, go for it. I love it for you, King. And uh, I feel like he kind of answered a lot of like answers a lot of questions that we have in in our outfield. You know what I mean? Yep. He's already got point five B war in what's even up here like a week, two weeks. Yeah. So. Um, Not even two weeks. I think it's been like seven or eight games. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is obviously Fran Mill. We got to get him going. Uh, 56 OPS plus, 533 OPS. He's on the IL. I love that. Not because he's injured, but I think it'll give him a low pressure reason to rehab. And, and- especially with Josh Naylor DHing for us, I feel like it gives us a, a, a decent bridge to let him go down to Columbus and rehab you know what I mean well you know what I mean like for the mental part the fact that he's injured lets him go down there and figure it out and relax and you don't want him injured but because it doesn't seem too serious at least it's like we didn't have to send him down to get that work yeah I still believe in him again he has this entire year for me to not give up if he never changes I will believe in him till the end of the year but I just don't see how that's possible um but yeah, this to me, we need a power. We need a power like left fielder. I love Quan. Uh, he's turning it around. I still think he's more of like a bench platoon guy. Um, and people might come from my head, but just what I see, I think he's a great on base guy. He I mean, he had that ungodly first start, which is month, carrying month it a lot. Yeah, and, and well, not even that. Which, which, just fifteen games, 10, 15 yeah. games, and then he like nose dived, which he's a rookie. He like they're gonna yeah, make adjustments. And the thing well, is, it's kind of know what he is, though. He plays average-ish defense. He doesn't hit the ball hard. He takes he's walks. Like a, he's like a great value Miles Straw when Miles Straw's on. Yeah, when Miles Straw is going well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's what I'm L- saying. Little more, less strikeouts for sure. But yeah, that you're not wrong. Little more power than Miles, I think. But it's like, if you can find someone that plays the same kind of defense, but doesn't walk, but like has an 850 OPS, like... I'm just going to be honest with you. I love Quan. I want to keep giving him times. I like seeing him in the lineup. I want to make that very clear. I have no issue with him. He is. I want to keep giving him at bats. But if you get the chance to get a, a an 850 OPS left fielder, I'm sorry, you're on the bench, Quan. Like, I, I love yeah. you, and you are an awesome bench piece, and you're quick, and I want you around the team, and you can work late in Especially walks. like a late inning situation when we just need like a runner on base. Yeah, like put him in all day to put bat on ball and stuff. And yeah. again, he's going to find a little more power. He's going to get a little more comfortable. But I just don't see that bat becoming anything more than like an Ahmed Rosario. I think like when Ahmed's going well, you know what I mean? A lot of singles, some doubles, 10 home runs, you know, better defense one to one. Average, yeah, even but, at times. But, and, and teams need that. Average. Baseball yeah, teams and we need do too. a player like that. Yeah, his walk rate and contact stuff is crazy. We need it. But it's like. You could have an 850 OPS left fielder that's going to just hit you 25, 30 home runs. We need that more because like yeah. we make so much fucking contact. And like Palacios isn't a huge bat, even though I love him. And Miles Straw is never going to be a huge bat. So you kind of start going around the diamond and Austin Hedges is a black hole. And I love him. But like 
you need kind of the Josh Neeler, Owen Miller needs to be kind of like your floor. You know, you're not going to have nine bangers, but you know, you kind of need, and you need people to get on base, but like everybody does get on base and does yeah. make contact. You need people to put it in the seats. So I still like believe right in now Con. power. We have Josh Naylor, Owen Miller, kind of um, Jose, but that's the Jose. thing is like if we get Fran Meal back doing what he does, and then if, if Oscar Gonzalez keeps does, up, you have I I can't tell you why I like I have no reason to believe this other than like just my gut, and I could very well be wrong. You say you have faith in him to turn it around this year. I I don't have faith in him to turn around like just from watching his at bats and like what he's swinging at and the way he's swinging at balls and what he's swinging at. I like, I don't know just something about it. I don't have faith in him turning it around. It's just the track record for me. You know what I mean? It's just like, you don't accidentally run into 30, 37 home runs. Um, and but I, I still believe in him, and I'll give him this entire year. And again, I'll give Quan this entire year. This year's about figuring yeah. it out, and he might make me look dumb, but I just think at most he's going to be like 100 OPS plus-ish, maybe 110, and you need guys like that. That's not bad. But we have the trade. We have guys like that already. We already we have a lot of guys like that. Yeah, like Tyler Freeman's coming up, and I expect him to do the same thing but play second base for us, like basically yeah. do the exact same thing. And... I don't know. We'll see. There's just a lot of question marks coming up and and we got to keep figuring it out. And again, I want to make it clear. I understand not everybody's going to be a Jose Ramirez on your team. I know that. But we just have such depth of guys that we Nolan Jones is still out there. Like let Nolan Jones play left field or something. But so Quan, I want him on this team. I want him to keep playing. But um, he's a, we'll he's see a what, bench guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, on any well, other team right now, I, I would say that he's a bench guy. Yeah, probably. Not any other team, but a lot a lot of like teams that are like competing, he's yeah. a bench guy. Yeah. And a solid one. A dude that yeah. you know, when, and, when and, you have a and, deep team, you're like, oh shit, yeah, you can bring up uh There's you know. nothing wrong with having players like that. Like that there's nothing wrong with being that player. You're still like You're contributing. Yeah. People make careers off of doing stuff like that. True. You could be one of those guys that still gets like 400 at bats. You know, you don't get like 200. You know, you you play like once every, you know, like you play three out of five or, you know, something like that kind of thing. You still get some serious at bats. And I like him and he may develop even more, but um, it's a lot of fun. And and I like the kid. Um, Austin Hedges, 52 OPS plus. Um, Unacceptable. Defense. It's the only reason he's on this team, and it's unbelievable. But it's well that, and then also his leadership. Yeah, but which the the leadership intangible? It's it's something you can't measure. Yeah, I can measure his offense though. It makes me want to die. But yeah, his, the defense his, is unbelievable. He, he did have a three run home run this week. I know. Whoops, hot boy. Uh, real quick, so Shane uh, pitchers because we and we had we had to work through that stuff. But Shane Bieber ERA plus one twenty three. 279 FIP, so fielding independent pitching. Uh, so if you take, you know, defense out of it, he's pitched a 279 ERA, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's our ace even when he's been down. We've talked about it at ad nauseum. Uh, 115 whip. Uh, so that's still better than league average. That's solid. Um, not as dominant as we've seen in the past, but awesome. 
T-Mac, 123 ERA plus as well, a 445 FIP. So without it, his defense is helping him a lot. T-Mac, the defense picks up T-Mac. 0.86 whip is nuts. That's usually around like Cy Young whip. Um, you also walks, hits per innings pitched. So how many base runners per average per inning? So he's averaging less, you know, about just over four-fifths of a runner per inning. That's crazy. Um, he's just a dog, man. And then Zach Plesak. So this tells the story, right? Because Zach has a... What is Zach's ERA? I'm trying not to... 4.72. So not great. You know, that's kind of your fifth starter. But he has an 81 ERA plus. So he's almost 20% less than the average starting pitcher. Uh, he's got a one two eight whip. So a lot of, a lot of base runners. That's below league average. Um, but you know, he's our fifth guy, right? Uh, Cal Quantrill 109 ERA plus. So above average, uh, one, one, nine whip. So right around league average, maybe just a hair better. And, uh, what does he have a three, five, two ERA. So love to see that. I think I forgot to mention Shane Bieber, three, one, two ERA and T-Mac three, one Oh, so him and Shane, same ERA plus almost identical ERAs, uh, a lot more strikeouts for Bieber though. 62. Yeah. Um, because I can talk about Bieber's a pitcher, not a thrower. True. Bullpen, class A, 184 ERA plus, uh, 24 strikeouts and in 21 innings, 0.891 whip. Trevor Steffen, uh, well, let's go through all the good stuff. Sam Henches, 354 ERA plus <laughs> with a 0.73 whip, which is just nuts. Um, you know, we've he's been that guy that. Okay, Sam, like, what the fuck, dude? What, you what, said 300 and what? 354, which it gets very skewed for relievers. He could get blown up and it could drop to like 200, but he's still, he's dominating. Um, That's and then 254% better yep. than the average <laughs> yep. pitcher. Yep. <laughs> which 16 innings, so it's skewed, but uh, but it still That's shows you he's been a god. And then I'd say the biggest one we need to talk about is Eli Morgan. 25 innings, which is more than any other reliever in our bullpen. You know, it's because he's kind of our long relief guy. 25 innings pitched, okay? A 179 ERA plus. That is not a joke. A .56 whip from Eli Morgan. Half of a runner per inning. That's and absurd. People, people are calling for him to get back in the rotation. No, no, he's our high leverage guy now. He's part of the trust, the circle of trust. I you fucking know? love him out of the bullpen. His he, velocity he, ticks up a little bit, and he just yeah, comes. He had ninety five the other day. I was like, okay, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Last year, it looked like you were gonna fall over when you threw ninety one. Now you got ninety five in your back pocket. Put on like twenty pounds. Hot Boy Summer. Everybody watch yeah. out. He's no longer Date My Daughter, uh, Eli, Eli Date My Daughter Morgan, because we took that joke from from talking baseball, which was fine. We admitted it. Um, so I had to come up with my own, and it's Eli, treat your single mother right, Morgan. Um, that's just that's like just my the mom or like just a single Your mother. mom's not a single mom. Just single moms. Like if okay. you had a single mom, Well, Eli you said Morgan, like treat your single mother right. Like it's, Oh, sorry. I was you know what I mean? Mom. Like. Sorry, treat, not yours, like in general, just the phrase, Eli, treat your single mother right. He just looks like he'd be a gentle lover. I said it on Twitter. You could just trust him. He'd have her home by 9.55, even though he had a 10 o'clock curfew. Um, yeah, he's just going to respect single mother her. has a curfew? I don't know, but if they do, he's just a gentleman. That's all I mean. Yeah. You know, he's going to get you back. He'll babysit too. I, I can't explain it. Eli, he's just a cutie. Um, 
kind of hot boy energy though with that hair and, and dropping some dick off. So Eli Morgan has emerged this month as the circle of trust, like Trevor. And then on the backside, Trevor Steffen, terrible two weeks. We'll talk about him later. Unfortunately, he's going to be on a list. I didn't want to put him on, but nobody's safe. Um, yeah, Trevor Steffen is just, I don't know if it's mechanics. I don't know if he's tipping pitches, but he has just gotten blown up. Um, and he's out of the high leverage circle of trust. Um, Nick Sandlin, never been a big guy on him, especially not this year. He just walks everybody that he's ever faced. He's walked 15 people in 15 innings. Um, so that's terrible. One six whip, which is atrocious. Um, so he's been out. So I like that they're finally moving Eli Morgan into the high leverage, like bring him in with one run game, two run game. We're starting to see yeah. him do that, and he's earned it. He's been our best reliever. And then you know, Kase in the ninth, not even a question. And then start getting Sam Henches in there too. Like you got to start. Karen Check should be coming back here soon, and hopefully he can not be a crackhead and Karen crack. Well, hopefully he's a crackhead, but like a good, good. crackhead. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, not- I don't think he's never not going to be a crackhead. I don't. I couldn't tell you if my life depended on it. What to expect from that dude? I don't know. I, I hope. I hope he comes back, and I hope he drops it off. Because he was one hundred percent a sticky stuff merchant. He was one hundred percent a sticky stuff merchant. Um, and so it's like if it's somewhere in between the two things, I don't know. But this month, Manuel Classe locked it in. Trevor Steffen, tough month. Sam Henches continues to be the real deal. I put it out on Twitter like two weeks ago that all his savant stuff is good now. Um, no exit velocity issues, so there is no more slander to be had for our high leverage. One of our other high leverage kings. He is no longer the wild pitch king either. We will not slander Sam Henches. Big daddy, daddy long legs, excuse me. Um, yeah, Nick Sandlin, never been a guy on him. And Eli Morgan. Uh, and then Daniel De Los Santos as well. So yeah. we with the, the creams kind of rising to the top. We're seeing some guys have some good months. And we'll, uh, I'm interested to see what June brings. You know, we're getting into the third month of baseball, second, third of the season, you know, um, and, and, trying to kind of wrap up the first half here yeah, soon. Yeah, weather's getting warm, so you know what that means, right? Balls people are going to be flying. going well, that and people are going to start going to baseball games. And when you start going to baseball games, the only way you buy tickets are is through SeatGeek. True. And we're going to be at home all week. You have yep. seven chances to quite literally get $20 off of your first purchase when you sign up for SeatGeek. Go download the app, App Store. Android, Google Play, anywhere you can get it. Number one mobile ticketing app. You think we were going to hook you yep. up like the fifth best? Absolutely not. Our brand is nah. too strong. We said, forget about it. Like, come on, it's two on six baseball. Yeah, Just kidding. Me. We reached out to Seeky. Thanks for taking us on. We appreciate you. <laughs> anyway, download that. They make it super easy. From red dots that say, blow me. Like, I'm not an idiot. I know what tickets cost. I'm not going to sit in your terrible seats and get gouged. Yeah. To big, bright green ones that are like, as Paul put it, you are fiscally irresponsible if you don't buy those tickets. Like yep. you, you're making a poor financial decision. And one of the coolest parts about SeatGeek, in my opinion, is that they have a picture from exactly where your seat will be at the game. So you can say, hey, I want this ticket. Great price. Oh, and you got a great view. You can't beat that. No, you can't beat it. And again, they were kind enough for the first time, your very first purchase when you sign up for SeatGeek, $20 off. Use code 216BASEBALLPOD. That's going to be the numbers 216BASEBALLPOD. $20 off your first order. So they're going to make sure you save money. You're going to figure out exactly where you want to sit. And you're going to save $20. Like, I'm the cheapest person you know, and I'm here to help you. Well, what's that? NBA Finals? Because you got, honestly, Big dick money. Apparently, you can afford finals tickets. 
Or maybe you can afford it because you're going to get $20 off. Like Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, Stanley Cup Finals coming up. Concerts. Concerts. You like audiophile? Sorry about that. Maybe you want to go to a ballet. I don't know. I don't judge. I don't care. And I love that for you. Sign up, SeatGeek, $20 off, code 216BaseballPod. Paul, that was a beautiful transition as well um, because we're already pretty deep in this thing. I say we set like a five-minute timer per game here. Uh, we got some good stuff, The pretty pretty uneventful games, um, so we can keep talking about the team because we went long on the other yeah. stuff. But yeah, interesting month, and it just seems like the team's kicking into gear. So um, yeah, let's let's get after this shit, you know? Um, yeah, so game, game one. one. Game one, Plesak versus Heasley. Um, stupid name. Uh, I don't make the rules. Guardians come into Monday night's game, ready to end the month strong after a disappointing May. Uh, I typed that in earlier. I guess I didn't realize we went 500. But again, we didn't beat the teams we were supposed to. So it it still felt disappointing. Um, they lost a series in Houston and in Detroit the week prior, hoping to beat up the Royals, who quickly have become one of, if not the worst team in all of baseball. Cleveland sends fuckboys Zach Plesak to the bump to try, get it, to try and get us back in the win column. Excuse me. Plesak pitches very well. The bats explode late in the game, um, and we capture the win. So quick box score, Cleveland seven runs on eight hits, one error. Kansas City three runs on nine hits and one error. Some offensive highlights here. Bottom of the first, Straw draws a leadoff walk, advances to second on a deep flyout by Ahmed. Uh, just good base running, and man, is he fast to go first to second on a ball hit to center field. It didn't even get to the warning track just in front of it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just impressive. Yeah, uh, And then because of that, it allows the, the run, Straw, to score on Jose's long single that he hits. And so just small ball, just just being productive on the bases, staying in our lane, you know, producing runs the way that we can. Um, in the bottom of the second, Quan smokes a ball to right center. Brian Dozier, the Royals right fielder, dives for it. Uh, and he just sells on, on it, sells out on it, excuse me. Completely yeah, he still came up short like five feet. Yeah, it goes to the wall. So Quan gets a two-out triple, uh, but we don't bring him home. But I just wanted to mention that play. Good to see Quan get a triple there. Bottom of the fifth, two outs, runner on second. Jose works a full count. And then they decide to pitch to him because the Royals like making poor life decisions. And Jose goes up and just gets a ball at the top of the zone, puts it out on top of the right field wall, one of the shallowest parts of the field. Doesn't matter. Still got out. Um, and that's his 13th, 12th, 12th home run. 12th or th- He hit a lot of home runs this week. I think 12th or 13th home run of the year. Um, and we take a 3-1 lead. Bottom of the eighth, Andres Jimenez sends a three-run moonshot into center field trees. We were tied up at this point. Eighth inning, six to three, blow it right back open. Fuck you. We're winning this game. Um, and we talked about it. he's on the who's not last week. I mean, he was down bad. Yeah. 2017 OPS last week. He went from who's hot to who's not in a week. Yeah. Just and then he does it again backwards. Spoiler. <laughs> this dude goes on a tear. So just huge hit for him. And then Oscar Gonzalez has another multi-hit game going two for four. That's all the dude does. Motherfucker just hits. Um, Jose goes two for four with three RBI, including that two-run shot. Talked about Quan with the triple, and he got his second stolen base in this one. And then, like I said, Jimenez breaks his slump. Um, key stats, four strikeouts to five walks. I love that. That is crispy. Uh, more stri- more walks than strikeouts and that few strikeouts. Eight hits, three of them for extra bases. Um, pretty good ratio there. Three for five with runners in scoring position. That's a 600 average. Yeah, that'll that'll do the trick. 
Uh, we left seven on base as a team, uh, and we had 13 total base runners. So um, not too shabby, you know, just uh, just more just over 50 percent left on base, but you know, still scored what seven runs in this one. So um, and then tell me about some defensive highlights. Yeah, so in the top of the third, um, Owen Miller makes a great play on a line drive, climbs the ladder, goes up, snags it um, for, I want to say, the first out um, of the top of the third, first or second out of the top of the third. And the very next play in the third, Zach Plesak, Zach Plesak makes a hell of a catch, uh, diving on a ball and like a weak hit grounder between the mound and first base, dives out, lays out for it, grabs it, and then flips the ball to Miller covering the bag. Uh, and this is just our weekly reminder that pitchers are athletes and Zach Plesak's a fucking gamer. Yeah, he's he's a dog. He's an absolute dog. Sad yeah. face games postponed tonight for rain. So that's number oh, nine. Sag. Um, <laughs> but it gives everybody time to listen to this. No excuses. Yeah. Whoops. And then uh, top of six, Oscar Gonzalez. This kid yeah, makes I know. a I love him. huge mistake. Uh, so... Catches a ball at the wall for the second out, not thinking. Um, tosses the ball into the stands for a fan, um, but there's only two outs. So the runner on first advances to second. Uh, just a big old oopsie. Excuse me, Miles Straw's looking at him like, dude, what the fuck? Uh, just not not a good look for the kid. Yeah, he will never do that again. And I heard this thing that Jose was in the uh, dugout blaming, I think, Straw about this. And he was like, it's your fault. You should have told him. In the majors, it's not like AAA. We play with three outs. It's like, oh, no, he got his ass. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a bad look for the kid. Yeah, so... He'll never do it again, and you could tell that it's some meme potential. The way that his reaction, it was yeah, it, he, like it his was mouth funny. Was wide open, cute. his hands were on his head. He's like, uh, it. Uh, it was kind of like the Pikachu, like <gasps> meme. Yeah, just big old oopsie. So, um, I'm sad about the game getting rained out, but again, what are you gonna do? Uh, so, some pitching analysis here. Uh, Plesek had a really solid start, going six innings of one run ball. The only run he gave up was on a solo shot by Emmanuel Rivera to the left field bleachers. On That's a, baseball. He, he gave him a fucking meatball, though. Good yeah. Lord. It was a meatball. Um, but you love to see no walks and only five hits and in six innings of work. Like, he he shoved. I don't, I mean, five I got to give it to him. Yeah, five strikeouts, um, which is kind of normal for him. He's not a huge strikeout yeah. guy, but, but nice to again, see that. And that that fantastic play. Um, And then... You know, the Royals are really bad, but they got some guys who can hit, and you build your confidence wherever you can as a pitcher and a major leaguer. So good on Plesak doing it when he should, you know, against a team that he should. Uh, Trevor Steffen continues to struggle. He gives up two runs to let the Royals tie the game in the top of the eighth, and he doesn't get a single out. Um, he gave up a single and then back-to-back doubles. And again, something's got to be wrong with him. He's tipping pitches because you don't just like implode. We know his stuff is nasty. He can hit like 98. He's got that splitter that's just filthy, not safe for work. Um, we got to get back in the lab. They need to get back in the lab and fix him. Um, and then Nick Sandlin continues to get out of the, continues to be out of the circle of trust. He walks three batters in the eighth after coming on to relieve Stefan, and he gets out of it by the grace of God. I just 
after he hurt his arm last year, he's come back and his arm slot is less like sidearm and a little more three quarter. And it's like, he just can't command it. He just walks everybody. He has 15 walks and 15 innings. Like, excuse me. And then you want to hit the uh, special notes here. I got something a little fun. Hit the first one. And then I want the second one. High heat stats tweeted out um, that Jose Ramirez is a second player ever to amass 50 RBIs within the first 44 games of a uh, Cleveland Guardian season. Uh, Manny did it um, actually had 57 through 44 games in 99. Uh, and then there's near misses uh, Earl Avril in uh, 38 had 49. Al Rosen had 49 and 54. Uh, Albert Bell had 47 and 96. Juan Gonzalez had 47 in 2001. And Hal Trotsky had 46 and 36. Yeah. So can we talk about Manny Ramirez having 57? <laughs> so Manny Ramirez had 64 RBIs in the first 50 games in 99. Yep. That's the year he ended up with like 165, yeah, I think. Something I like remember that. that. I talk I think about it all the time. Manny Ramirez was a fucking crackhead. He was. That year was nuts. So um and then I it was funny. I saw this on the broadcast. I like I obviously I like watching games because there's context and I will say the the group at Bali Sports comes up you see some interesting stats that you won't see on twitter you know they won't tweet it out and so i take screenshots on my tv when i can't and this stat is called taking a picture of your tv i said screenshot i'm sorry taking a picture (laughs) so runs in the seventh inning or later okay as of monday the guardians have the most runs scored in literally all of baseball in the seventh inning or later we've scored 86 runs in the seventh inning or later, the Yankees have scored 83, the Red Sox 82, the Brewers 82, and the Mets 79. The Cleveland Guardians offensively have bested the Mets, Brewers, Red Sox, and Yankees in a an offensive statistic. How how many games have we played this year? At that we've played 49 at this point. At that at at, at live like today 40, 44 at this right? point we had played five more so yeah 44 at this point that's a hundred and so 86 runs in 132 innings <laughs> that's a that's a lot of fucking runs that's a lot of runs i mean on average per game if you do that that's what just under two runs per game on the seven, which is a little screwier, a little more screwy, whatever to do it that way of like, you've played 44, you've scored 86. So yeah, you know what I mean? But like, that's on average, just a hair under two runs per game that you score from the seventh. That is how you win some ball games. That's why now that the pitching is doing a little better, it's like, watch out bitches. We got our summer body back. And then, and um, then I know you'll Bell love this last out. One. This was one of my favorite things. I, I, I tweeted out about this. I, I think I quote retweeted this. This is one of my favorite things I've heard in such a long time. So Mandy Bell tweeted out, um, why does Oscar Gonzalez use the theme song from SpongeBob SquarePants as his walk-up song? Uh, and then they quote Gonzalez, because kids love that song, and this is a kid's game after all. I've had it since AAA. Chills. I love them. <laughs> it is ridiculous to hear uh, like I, Hammy on you the radio. Ready, kids? Can you hear? Yeah. Are you ready, kids? I am Captain. <laughs> It just ma- it makes me so happy, like it, and that's the right spirit to have. Like, 
we talk about all the time. Baseball is a fun game and let people have fun playing it. This is fun. This yep. is people having fun. And someone tweeted out, I can't remember who, but someone's like, it's going to be absolute chills in game seven of the world series in 2024 <laughs> with the bases, with bases loaded down by one run, two outs in the bottom of the ninth. And you hear, are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a it's bunch good. of like drunk mid 20 people like, I, I captain. They're going to be like, I can't hear you. <laughs> I, I, and then everybody (laughs) we all go arm in arm ready for his walk-off grand slam it's gonna be chills dude so game two is uh cal quantrell versus lynch uh guardians coming to tuesday night's game ready to make it two in a row behind big daddy dick cal quantrell actually beat a team that they're supposed to which they did the night before the bats come alive in the first inning to give quantrell some breathing room he struggles a bit early but then locks it in giving us a winning effort behind an offense that was ready to hit yet again when they got to the ballpark on tuesday quick line cleveland eight runs on 12 hits no errors kansas city three runs on seven hits and no errors Offensive highlights, bottom of the first, Ahmed Rosario smokes a ball off the center field wall uh, that the Royal center fielder leaps for but can't get to. So it kind of buys him a little time, and Ahmed's so fast, he just gets to third on a stand-up triple. This, so I, I, so I, I did my notes today on uh, like because uh, me and my roommate drove to work together yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and on the car ride home, I uh, was doing my notes. And as soon as I was like, God damn – he was moving so fucking fast. Yeah, this man has like he he moves the bases like I would say probably as good as Bradley Zimmer. Like he's probably the only equivalent. The dude just glides he's so smooth. Yeah, um, and then the Royals decide not to pitch to Jose, uh, so intentionally walk Smart. him. And then we play small ball with an RBI ground out from Owen Miller, and then an infield single by Oscar Gonzalez. And then an RBI single by Clement, and then a bloop RBI single from Andres Jimenez. So 3 0, just a bunch of small balls. Just get them on, get them over, I'm, get them in. Like, as much as I love seeing a home run. Nah, dog, this is so exciting because if I you chain it together. Watching, I love watching small ball uh, so much. Like, it's because it, it's it, like hit after it hit. It warms after hit. my soul. Like, it's because that, that's baseball. Like, you string things together, everyone gets on base. And like a two out rally, mm, uh, yeah. Love it. I'm going to come. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 3 nothing. Uh Royals get a run in the second and the third via small ball. Uh, Quantrill gives up a fair amount of hits. He's walking a few people. Bottom of the third, Austin Hedges smokes a three-run home run to the left field porch just inside the foul pole. And it's funny. The, Royal bro- the Royals broadcasters, as we were watching the recap for this, uh, preparing – uh, they were literally just saying how he was struggling, hitting like a buck fifty-two, and then he just smokes this home run and it blows it open because now we lead it six to two. Um, he doesn't hit much, but when that big, powerful, when, slow as holy hell swing makes contact, launches it. Yeah, he he can launch it. Um, bottom of the sixth, after grounding out with the bases loaded earlier in the game, he was pretty upset. Oscar Gonzalez smokes a ball to the gap in left center uh, for a two-run hustle double. Those are his first major league RBI. Uh, so you just love to see that. And now we and need I an want, eight two. I want to say at this point that was his fifth game. I think it's honestly all blurring together with how crazy it's life's been fi- lately. It's but fi- it, that was either his fifth or sixth game, and he, he was came on up f- for Detroit, right? And he played three. Yeah. 
So this is like, yeah, maybe fourth, fifth game, something like that. Five game hit streak. First yeah. five games, five game hit streak. And he had a multi, he was having multi hits and like almost all of them, yeah. I think, like four of the five. Um, and then Ahmed finally gets a little luck to go his way. Uh, you know, just overall, two smoked balls in this one. We talked about the triple. He also had a smoked double. Um, Jose intentionally gets walked twice. Uh, he walks once on his own on top of that. So he walks three times in this game and then he ropes a single and another at bat. So he's just a monster. Oscar Gonzalez, another multi-hit game. That's all he does is hit. Jimenez appears to be all the way back after, again, rough last week. Um, the three-run moonshot last game and then two-hit game in this one in his fourth stolen bag. Key stats, four strikeouts, four walks. Mwah, keep it up. I love that. I love what we're doing at the plate. 12 hits, five of them for extra bases. Yeah, that'll do it. Five for 14 with runners in scoring position. That's a 357 average hitting in the clutch. And then we left nine on base, but we had 16 base runners. So um, fair amount left, but a lot of base runners. And, you know, we pushed eight runs across. Talk to me about some defensive highlights here. Yeah. So uh, in the top of the third on a line drive to right field, Oscar Gonzalez makes a good throw uh, to home to cut off a run. but. Uh, as good as the throw was, Austin Head just comes up the line and dives back to uh, tag out the runner at the plate. Um, so I don't think people understand like how smart of a play that is by Austin Hedges. Instead of letting the ball come to him, he goes out, gets it, cuts down the time it takes for the ball to travel to the plate because it was going to hop. Goes up, gets it, dives back, and cuts off... I. Was it? I don't think it was Ben Attendee. Was it Ben Attendee scoring? I can't remember who it was. I can look it up pretty quickly. As you, I think it was Ben Attendee or Whitmer because it was a beautiful play. Uh, So he comes up the line, grabs it, dives back. But the way he dives, he cuts off the plate to where the runner has to try to slide around it. Doesn't touch the home plate. Andrew Ben Attendee. It was Ben Attendee. Gets up and then he tags Ben Attendee again just to be safe. Just a one of the it's uh if you don't play baseball, don't know baseball, you don't understand like how smart of a play it is to go up the line, get the ball, come back, and people are gonna mm-hmm. just be like, Oh, the throw was offline from Oscar Gonzalez. No, the throw was gonna get to where it needed to be. He just realized if I go up there, get it, cut down the time, come back, and then tag the runner. Fantastic play. Yeah, I mean it was it was bang bang and um just a beautiful play and you're right about that little you know it not so much oscar it was more it was more hedges and and the dive up to get it and then dive back or come up yeah. to get it and then dive back and i mean just a bang bang play so saves quantrill a run and that's the third out so gets him out of the inning and it wasn't like ben intendi was trying to stretch it i mean that was just an incredible throw and yeah and a, a, a good a, a very good throw even better play by hedges to to finish it there and then um Top of the fifth, Andres Jimenez makes a great play on a ground ball hit up the middle uh, to get an out. But uh, what I want to talk about on this is Kyle Quantrill tries to make a play on it uh, by like trying to catch it behind his back and then just yeets his mitt <laughs> across the base up across the diamond. Which fun fact about a weird rule in baseball? If I'm not mistaken, if you throw your mitt now, this one they might see it wasn't intentional, so I don't know that the umps would call it on him. But if you like, if a if uh, a fielder takes his glove or something 
anything to interfere with the ball other than trying to field it with their glove and like throws it to stop it or interfere, I believe the runner automatically gets two bases on top of the base they got. Yeah, because like people will joke around and like practice and stuff, and like if a ball's hit over your head, you just launch your mitt in the air to see. If oh you yeah, can, like, just knock to try it and down. kill it. Yeah, just just for like shits and giggles. I learned um, that. I learned that. Uh, that rule like a year or two ago and i was but really interested this is the second time this has happened to cal quantro he goes to make a play and just yeets his glove across the field and it's hilarious hey gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> got that big thing swinging between your legs um so pitching analysis all in all pretty solid outing from quantro even though he scuffled a little bit in the second and third he had a one two three first inning then he gave up a single and an rbi double in the second um gave up a leadoff double in the third an rbi single hit a batter and then gave up another single that we just talked about. You know, if not for Oscar Gonzalez and Hedge's amazing play, uh, would have been uh, a fourth run. But after the third, Cal said, fuck you, I'm built different. And he put down nine in a row because that's Cal Quantrill. Um, comes out for the seventh. He hits the leadoff batter, gets a strikeout, gives up a single. And then Tito pulls him for Henches, who gives up a two-out RBI double to Whit Merrifield. Um, and that that goes to Cal. So it kind of sucks. You know, runners on first and second, one out. You know, yeah, you can't always get out of that, but um, uh, it it is what it is. So he his final line is six and a third of three run ball, six hits, no walks, five strikeouts. Like if it if that line is two runs instead of three, we're like, yeah, this is an amazing, you know, this is a great outing. Uh, it's still solid. I mean, just under a four or five ERA for the day. Um, but you go six and a third of three run ball. The reason you lose is not from your starting pitcher in that scenario. Yeah. Like you, that that's awesome. Only six hits, no walks. I mean, he he still did it. Uh, he ends up getting his second win of the year because this dude barely ever gets decisions because he pitches well. Basically, go, goes quality start every time, and then they never win when he pitches. So, um, De Los Santos stays sharp with a scoreless eighth. Shaw comes out in the ninth with a five run lead, which is when he should be used. Tito, so I want to commend him. Not a high leverage guy. He walks too, but he works out of it. Yep. Um, and then some quick special notes. The most recent Ryan M. Spader uh, tweeted out. Take my, take my, take my job. It's not necessarily yours. I just go ahead. You can have the next one. Uh, most ahead. recent players I'll go to be fuck in- myself. <laughs> most recent players to be intentionally walked in each of the first two innings of a game. May thirty first of twenty twenty two, aka this game, Jose Ramirez. April seventh of twenty twenty one, Freddie Freeman. June 16th, 2009, Albert Pujols. April 15th, 2003, Barry Bonds. Those are some people that you want to be on a list. Yeah, those are some good fucking names. And then you got the other thing here. Uh, So MLB tweeted out the players of the week. um, And Jose and Francisco Lindor are your players of the week presented by Chevrolet. Jose better. Always been better. Yep. But just another accolade under Jose's belt. He's different. You think at a certain point you start get you stop giving a fuck about players of the week? Yeah, you're just like okay, more players of the month, which Aaron Judge just beat him out for because he's hit like a shit ton of homers. But yeah, but um, fuck Aaron Judge. Yeah, true. Nice guy, and it's kind of hard to like him, not like him. But it's yeah, also like yeah, you can which blow me. Didn't didn't sign his arb deal with the Yankees or his extension or his yeah. extension. And bet on himself, and he's going to get himself like another 100 mil because he bet on himself. Yeah, and here's what sucks. Like, he might stay with the Yankees, uh, but. 
I, hey, hey, we. St- I don't care what player you are. I actually have nothing against Aaron Judge. Like, fuck the Yankees, but I yeah. do like Aaron Judge. He's actually yeah. A really well, nice anyone guy. that plays for Yankees, I'm automatically saying fuck them. Yeah, um, but like him as a person, no issue with them. Yeah, and we will always stand when players bet on themselves. And he turned down like 215 million, and now he is just popping the. F- he's got like an almost 700 slugging. He's hit 23 home runs. He's hit 23 home runs. Yeah. Holy shit. You think shit. at some point we're going to spend money on somebody? I know, right? Uh, Y'all been looking for one of them right fielders? Yeah. <laughs> Move oh, Oscar to left or, field? you know what? Maybe like a Juan Soto? Yeah. Whoops. Cash Oops. in the entire farm. Turn it all in to Juan for Soto. Aaron for Judge or Juan Soto? Yeah. Well, for Judge, we can't free a market. But trade for Soto? Yeah. Cash yeah. it all in. Um, so yeah, so game three is Pilkington versus Keller guardians come into Wednesday afternoon's game, looking for the sweep of the Royals in their pursuit of getting back to 500, which we're allergic to so far, the pitching and hitting have shown up and the team finally looks like they're back on track and in a groove Cleveland sends Pilkington to the bump for his third major league start scuffles a little bit, uh, towards the end, but he gives us five innings, a scoreless ball. The bullpen picks him up and the bats stay alive to complete the sweep. uh I just want to say that this was the MLB game of the week on YouTube. Yeah. And they so used some pretty fun. interesting stats and it they was did a fun to watch. It was better than last year. Last year, the broadcasters were so bad. And then this year I didn't watch the beginning of the game and everyone's like, yo, they're actually talking about like OPS plus on the broadcast and like outs above average and defensive run save. This is kind of cool. And then I tuned in and I was like, yeah, these guys actually don't suck. And then I turned on hammy. Cause like, I can't not Hammy's listen to hammy's. But I will say they were way better than the people from like last it year. It was the cool year to be in chat with people watching the game. Yeah. It was it, it was definitely they need to do more of that stuff. Yeah. Uh so Cleveland four runs on eight hits, no errors. Uh Kansas City no runs on seven hits and one error. This is our first shutout of the year, fun fact. Really? Yeah. First shutout of the year only took us 46 games. Yep. Oof. Offensive highlights. Ahmed Rosario gets the Guardians on the board with an RBI single in the bottom of the third. Andres Jimenez stays hot with an RBI single to center field in the bottom of the fourth. Um, Jose, RBI ground out in the bottom of the fifth, so we're up 3 nothing at that point. Richie Palacios, little bloop single, shallow left in the bottom of the sixth. Just small ball, man. Uh, so we're up 4 nothing. And then overall, like I said, not a lot in this one, but nice to see Quan succeed in the leadoff spot, going two for four with a walk, with straw, with a rare off day, even though he comes in and uh, gets one at bat and walks and defense like in the seventh inning, uh, because straw's like, let me in the game, dog. He has to play like (laughs) every day one way or another. Yeah, you You got got some of those at bats. No, hey, uh, y'all got some of them uh, highlight reel catches (laughs) in the field? Uh, Ahmed stays hot with two hits of his own. Jimenez stays hot with an RBI single and a double. So what a series for him. Uh, Palacios two for three with a single and a double. So not to go two box score there, but just not a lot in this one. Just a lot of small ball and give you some highlights. Key stats, three strikeouts, five walks. Inject that into my veins, please. (laughs) Eight hits, two for extra bases. Um, Not a great ratio there, but... You know, you can live with it. Three for 11 with runners in scoring position. 272 average, but you blew eight chances. You know what I mean? Three for 11, still kind of like, yeah, you take the average there, but you could have piled it on. And then we left 10 on base and we had 13 total base runners. So that kind of tells you the story that, you know, we had some missed opportunities. 
Um, and then no defensive highlights in this one. So we'll wrap up this series here. Pitching analysis, all in all, can't be too upset with Pilkington. Five innings of scoreless ball. He did uh, have some traffic in the later part of his outing, giving up five hits and two walks. Uh, but he struck out eight, including the first four batters he faced to and start the game. So what was cool was in the in the broadcast, they would pan over to Austin Hedges in the dugout. And every time Pilkington struck someone out, he would be like, one, uh, two, three. And like he kept throwing up the fingers from for when people struck out. Yeah. And like he struck out like number five in a row. You see, like, Austin Hedges losing his shit in the dugout. Yeah, they had him mic'd up. And I'm <laughs> glad that everybody got to experience it. Because, again, not to plug too many other podcasts, but we will the people we love. The Chris Rose rotation. His bat makes me want to die. The defense is ungodly. He is the biggest bro. You need to go listen to his episodes. He's a regular. So he's on, like, every three weeks he'll have an episode, I think. And listen to that. You can't not like this dude. He is awesome. So I'm glad that outside of podcasts, People got to listen to him mic'd up that were watching the game yeah. to see. And, like, like, that's he's how just, he's. I, all my heart. I love part that of, you took him striking out four batters in a row and made it about Austin Hedges, who wasn't even playing the game or calling this game. I, but, I, but but we were talking about his I leadership. Know, I, I know. I just I just had to give you some shit. Any, any chance I can talk about it. Yeah, listen, I'm real honest about it. Any chance I can get. Any, I, look, you, ask uh, me if I you feel, got any kind of segue to... Uh, to ask me if I feel this? bad. Go ahead. Ask me if I feel bad. Do you feel any remorse? Not a fucking chance. <laughs> exactly. Um, so... Uh, he only gave up a walk and two singles in the first three innings. And then he worked out of a bases loaded one out jam in the fourth and then finished strong in the fifth with just a single and a strikeout. So uh, peppered it in there a little bit. He wasn't particularly efficient. 91 pitches to get through five innings, which has kind of been his kryptonite. Uh, but he does throw strikes 67 percent. Uh, it's just that he nibbles a lot and lets people back into counts. But it was cool to see him strike so many people out. So that's improvement. He's young. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to keep fine-tuning it. He's going to find it. Um, the stuff plays. And eight strikeouts. Feels, what? Said yeah, it feels like strikeouts. Yeah, eight strikeouts. Struck out over 50% of the batters he faced uh, or outs that he made. Um, but yeah, um, it still nibbles, like I said, but uh, it, he's fine. I feel like we're watching him ramp up. You know, like he's finding his way. He's learning. Gets his first major league win, I think. Um. Yeah. yeah he's so good. one and two or one and oh. one and oh. Yeah. And I don't. I think this is the first year he's called up. So I believe that's his first. So just congrats to him. Um. And then Eli Morgan continues to dominate in his bullpen role. He goes two innings of scoreless relief, gives up two hits, and f- strikes out four. His ERA is down to two three five, and he's just become that guy. Um. And then Shaw and Class A finish it up. Class A in a non save situation. Just to get in so, that work, baby. We talk about it all the time. Um. therapy mental health when things are really up when things are down doesn't matter it's always important my life's awesome i still go to therapy once a month just keep stuff tuned up you'd be amazed what it can do and hey we just swept the royals so we're feeling good doesn't mean that some things don't need to be worked on and i think paul's gonna tell you how you could do that and why it's so important so we will be right back this episode is sponsored to you by better help have you guys been struggling lately maybe you're having trouble sleeping going through a tough spot in relationship or you're just feeling down and want to talk to somebody Well, the good news is that BetterHelp wants to help you today. You've heard Alex and myself preach on this show over and over again the importance of mental health, not only with professional athletes, but with you guys and ourselves. A couple years ago, I was going through a tough time in a relationship, 
on top of being in the military, being away from family and some other things. And I actually reached out to BetterHelp and they took great care of me, you guys. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to help you. There are over 20,000 therapists that are in BetterHelp's network. So if maybe you don't fit right with one, then you can request a new therapist at no additional charge. Signing up is so easy. You just fill out a questionnaire to access your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. I promise you guys, it is that quick. Then you schedule a secure video or phone session at your convenience in the comfort of your own home. Plus, you get unlimited messages with your therapist. Join the more than 2 million people that have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Look, you knew we weren't going to leave you guys high and dry. BetterHelp was kind enough to give our listeners 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash 216baseball. Again, that is betterhelp.com, the numbers 216baseball. Thanks again for BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Guys, seriously, go take charge of your own mental health. Yeah, and uh, huge thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Uh, you want to go ahead and get into game one? Yep. Uh, we'll keep this moving here. Uh, game one on Friday, Bieber versus Zimmerman. Guardians come into Friday night's game in Baltimore feeling pretty damn good. Swept the Royals and looking at three more games in front of us against a bottom tier team in baseball. The, the Orioles have been playing better um, this year. Cleveland sends their ace Shane Bieber to the bump to try and make it four in a row. And wouldn't you know, Daddy got his feel for strikeouts back, which every opposing teams, which is every opposing team's worst nightmare. And the Orioles are no exception. Bieber dominates. The bats stay alive. Cleveland wins. It's fourth in a row. Love to see it. Um, quick line, Cleveland six runs on 14 hits, no errors. Yeah. Baltimore three runs on five hits, one error. Know your fucking place trash. 14 hits? I know. Offensive highlights. Uh, top of the first, Ahmed one out single, followed by a Jose Scorcher down the left field line with runners. Uh, down the left field line, excuse me. With runners on second and third, Owen uh, hits a two-run double. Gives us an early 2 nothing lead. Love to see it. Just small ball, doubles, getting it done. Top of the third, Miles Straw gets aboard with a single. Goes to third on a Jose single. Runners at the corners, one out. Owen Miller, the man this game, smokes a ball to center. Jose scores from first to home. He was, he was off and running on the pitch, so it was a hit and run. But his base running IQ, Paul, is off the charts, and he's fast as fuck. It's a bang bang ballsy play at the plate that he that Jose beats by a hair to make it four nothing. But the base running, like, yeah, he was off and running from first, but he went first to home on a ball to like middle center field. Yep. This isn't to like the warning track. The guy dives forward, but he smothers the ball. It's not like the ball trickles away from him and he's got to wait for the left fielder. He dives, smothers the ball, gets up and throws the ball in. And it's only about halfway to center field. And Jose, I want everybody to hear this, goes from first to home on that play. First to home, that is, I don't care if you're off and running, that is absurd. He just never stopped. Like, he just decided, like, yeah. I'm just going to keep running. Like, it was nuts. Um, and then same inning, Josh Naylor, easy swing on a ball for an RBI single, brings home Miller, 5 nothing. So, again, know your place trash. Uh, top of the seventh, Owen Miller, two-out single, comes around to score on a Naylor RBI double on a ball that hits about halfway up the right field wall. 
Luckily, there were two outs, so Owens at first on this and just obviously runs because it doesn't matter if the ball gets caught or not. And this ball was in the air for like legitimately six seconds. So I, I didn't look closely enough, but I'm pretty sure Owen probably touched home plate before the ball hit off the wall. Like it literally was just <laughs> like a sky ball. Um, but good to, you know, with two outs, he's able to not wait and see if it's going to get caught. So six, nothing bottom of the eighth Bieber leaves runners on second and third Trey Mancini hits a one out two run double makes it six to two Orioles. And then Santander gets an RBI single a few batters later, makes it six, three, but it's not enough. Guardians take game one. Uh, the whole top and middle of the lineup just clicks one through six hitters had 12 hits and six RBIs. So Meat of the lineup, doing what they're supposed to. Straw goes two for five. Jose, two for five with a double. Owen Miller pops off two singles, a double, four RBIs. Naylor, two for four with a double and two RBI. Hedges goes two for four. Whoops. So everybody gets it done. Before we get into key stats, this reminded me of something. We had 14 hits in this game, right? Yep. I want to read you off a box score from yesterday's College Baseball World Series. Okay. I don't know if you're ready for this. Okay. So Missouri State, 15 runs on 11 hits, no errors. Okay. Oklahoma State. 15 runs on 11 hits and no errors. Okay. Oklahoma State, 29 runs on 26 hits, no errors. (laughs) 29 runs on 26 and no air. Holy hell. <laughs> I remember sitting at work yesterday and like I was because I was watching some of the college baseball world series. Um, and they're like, yeah, Oklahoma State's up 29 to 11. I went, what the fuck? <laughs> You're like, excuse me, 29. They almost put up a 30 piece. That the is best, a lot of that's, runs. A, that's a football score. That is a lot of that's runs. That's a high scoring football game. That is a high scoring football. <laughs> that is a crazy amount of runs. Um, but key stats in this one one strikeout to no walks. I mean, I wish we walked that's bad but on one ball, strikeout. Baby. That is nuts. 14 hits, three were for extra bases. Uh, so a little bit of pool noodle, but you know, I got it there. Um, four for eight with runners in scoring position. So we clutched that up 500 average and then team left seven on base with 14 base runners. So, you know, a lot of hits didn't hit the ball, especially hard, but hit it when it counted. Um, and then looks like you got one defensive highlight. Yeah. So the only crazy thing defensively that happened was in the bottom of the fourth. Oscar Mercado makes a great diving catch on a ball coming in. Uh, to end the fourth, and it was just a really like laid completely out for it. It was a nice one. Um, he, yeah, it was it was a nice play. That's the one thing he does do for us. Yeah, uh, he doesn't hit left-handed pitching like we thought he would, but he does play good defense most of the time. Yep. Uh, pitching analysis: Bieber absolutely shoved in this game. He shut up all the haters on Twitter. I saw a ton of Bieber is cooked people uh, renouncing their sins finally, which good. Um, you should be ashamed. Uh, he had a no hitter going through five and two thirds until Trey Mancini hit a two out single off of him, which you hate to see. Uh, but he went seven innings, a scoreless one hit two walk ball with 11 strikeouts. And then he comes out for the eighth. They get back to back singles. He gets pulled. And then Eniel De Los Santos gives up both the runners that he inherited. So it's like, yeah. oh, come on. 
you went seven innings of like 11, you know, one hit, two walk, 11 strikeout. Oh, now it's now it's seven, but two two runs. Mm, it's not as not as sad. Cool. Yeah. Still shot uh, 11 strikeouts. Yes. Uh, regardless, Cy Bieber came back out, dropped some big old dick off, and you just love to see it. Um, like I said, De Los Santos scuffled a bit. He gave up the two runs that were charged to Bieber, but he gives up a run of his own in that. Um, and he only gets two outs before Eli came in for probably his first like kind of real high leverage usage of the year because you just can't ignore this kid. He's just popping off. Um, and he gets the strikeout to end the eighth inning. So love to see that. And then Klasse gets his eighth save of the year. And you might think that, hey, it's been a couple episodes since I feel like they've said anything other than Klasse comes out for a non-save you know, opportunity. Uh, this was his first save opportunity since May 14th. Just Damn. on, I think it was like 20 days. So Yeah, we've been getting our butt. We've been losing or blowing people's backs out. True. And then, uh, according to Guardians Insider, the official account... This game, okay, was the first game in club history where Cleveland struck out one or fewer times and an opponent struck out at least 15 times. So, yeah, we struck out once. We struck them out uh, 15 times. In the only five such contests in MLB over the last 20 years, I'm sorry, there's only been five times that someone struck out one or fewer times and then struck out their opponent 15 or more. That's only happened five times in the last 20 years. And it's the first time it's happened in just under nine years when the White Sox did it against the Mets. And we've we've struck out 30 people in our last two games. Yeah. That's crazy. That'll do, Donkey. That'll do. That'll do. Um, yeah. Game two is McKenzie versus Wells. Guardians come into Saturday's late afternoon game with a chance to finally get back to 500 and extend their win streak to five in a row. Cleveland has no one better to send to the bump to try and get it done with T-Max slated to pitch. Unfortunately, it's not his day as the long ball kills him. And while the box score doesn't look great, it doesn't capture how well he actually did pitch. Uh, Cleveland has chances to come back and win it, but the bats couldn't come up clutch this time. Guardians drop game two and snaps their four-game win streak that they were trying to stretch to five. Quick line, Baltimore five runs on four hits, no errors. Cleveland, four runs on five hits, no errors. So a little switcheroo there. Offensive highlights, top of the first, two outs. Orioles commit a cardinal sin. They pitch to Jose Ramirez. He (laughs) smacks a solo home run to right field seats. Uh, Deep left center, excuse me, deep right center. Ties the game. Damn it, I skipped ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, He smacks it to right field, gives us an early 1-0 lead. That's his 14th of the year. Let's go. He's on pace for think like 47 at this point uh bottom of the first trey mancini smacks a solo shot to deep left center ties the game back up at one apiece top of the second andres jimenez hits a literal moonshot to right field he hits it all the way onto utah street which is out of the ballpark that's his sixth of the year and i tried as hard as i could but i couldn't find it there was a tweet that i saw after this game that said he's only like the 68th hitter ever to hit a ball like out onto Utah Street and out of Camden Yards. So That's nuts. Camden Yards is do. not a new park. No, I know. That's crazy. Uh, bottom of the third, Austin Hayes rips a three-run home run to deep left field, gives the Orioles a 4-2 to two lead. Just tough that, you know, McKenzie gets punished. Top of the fourth, Jose Ramirez, rare uh, caught stealing. Caught uh, stealing. Beat- <laughs> I know, I, I forgot the... Uh, 
I was moving fast here. Caught. I <laughs> typed cough, apparently. A rare caught stealing uh, as he beats the throw at second, but he popped up off the bag slightly as yeah. Odor uh, held, the bet, held the tag on throughout the entire play. That's tough, too. Uh, bottom of the fourth, Rugnet Odor solo bomb to right field, gives the Orioles a 5-2 to two lead. We get a run back in the fifth thanks to some small ball. Quan uh, and Straw both have an RBI ground out to get us within one. Uh, we have a lot more chance to do damage, but it just doesn't happen. Because Quan gets so we're down five to four going into the eighth. Quan gets a leadoff double to start the eighth. So you're like, okay, cool, right? We're like we can get we can get one run across. Yep. And he gets to third on a deep fly out from Straw. So you're like, okay, sack fly something. We got this. We're going to tie this up. But we leave him stranded at third with one out. Um, and we end up leaving the loaded, the bases loaded with two outs. Um, and it's just kind of pathetic. Like that's baseball, but it's just like, damn it. Uh, Straw and Rosario go 0 for 8 and don't reach base. Um, and that's our one and two holes. So that's not going to do it. Jose has a solo shot and two walks because he's Jose. Owen and Naylor go 0 for out of the four and five hole. So when you're one, two, four, and five, all go 0 for. Not great. Uh, Jimenez has a single and a moonshot, so he's still red hot. He doesn't know how to not be red hot. At least Owen Miller and, walked once. Yeah, he did, but I just mean that's not. Yeah, you don't want that out success. of your four hole, but. And then Quan uh, keeps up his nice bounce, nice bounce back pace uh, with a double and an RBI in this one. Uh, key stats: three strikeouts to four walks. Again, inject that into my veins. Just bad on ball and just being pesky. Uh, five hits, three of them for extra bases, so didn't hit a lot when we did hit it hard. This is why we lost 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. Yep. There it is. And we left four on base, even though we had nine base runners. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Talk to me about the defensive highlights. Uh, yeah, so the only thing I have in this one is that in the bottom of the fifth, Miles Straw makes a fantastic sliding catch uh, in center to take away a double from Cedric Mullins. Uh, his bread and butter, that sliding catch, so smooth. That's his favorite thing in the world is either to slide and catch a ball or slide to cut off a ball. Like, yeah, Miles Straw challenged not to slide to cut off a ball when he does. Hey, guess what? To, but keep doing it. I fucking love it. It's so smooth. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah. Uh, so pitching analysis, tough day for T-Mac. He gets killed by the long ball, goes seven innings, gives up five runs, but only gave up three hits and three walks, struck out four. Other than the five runs, which, yeah, it's easy to say, like, oh, other than the worst part, but his line's awesome. I mean, you go seven innings of three hit and three walk ball. Like, it's just yeah. tough. He was attacked. He, gave he, was, up. he was just throwing three home runs stuff right over the plate. He was attacking hitters, and the Orioles' gameplay was just to kind of jump them early in the count when they knew he yeah. was throwing strikes. And, hey, they got rewarded. They they hit him out. Um, yeah. But T-Mac will make an adjustment, and I doubt it'll happen again. You know, you just make an adjustment, and they they caught you that day. Um, he's still acting like an ace, staying calm. Gives you seven innings. It only took him 86 pitches with a 63% strike rate. And uh, I do I look worried? Because I'm literally not. Um, and then Ghost pitches a clean eighth inning, and I just wanted to say, it feels like we haven't seen him in about two yeah, months. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I like him coming in and getting a clean eighth. That, that makes me happy. Anthony Ghost. You go, Tony. Yeah, well, he gave up, yeah, cl- no runs, but he gave up one hit, but uh, that's what I said, it's good to see eighth. him. Yeah, clean. Um, so game three is Plesak versus Kremer. Looks like Creamer. I'm not going to lie. I'll call him Creamer. I don't give a fuck. Creamer with a K. Yeah. Yeah. Guardians coming to Sunday's game Stand looking to bounce back. Make and- sure home Creamer. 
<laughs> Looking to bounce back and get back in the win column after they had their four-game winning streak snapped on Saturday. Cleveland sends police back to the bump to try and get the series win on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and a win would secure a 5-1 and one record on the week, which this team desperately needed after just scuffling for most of May. Uh, this one's a slow one, not a lot to talk about, but Plesak pitches well. And Andres Jimenez literally beats the Orioles by himself. So <laughs> Cleveland, three runs on six hits, no errors. Baltimore, two runs on four hits and no errors. Offensive highlights, top of the first. This is going to be quick. Top of the first, Andres Jimenez stays blisteringly hot. Two out, three run bomb to right field. That's his seventh of the year. Guardians get an early 3 nothing lead. Um, a rare O for a day from Jose. Uh, he does not reach base in this one at all. Uh, washed is what most people are saying. Uh, but no, funny, he didn't even strike out, uh, which just, even when he doesn't get a lot of fly balls, go- he had a lot of fly balls in this one. I noticed. Yeah. A lot of pop-ups, like just yeah. jams. He was kind of pressing a little bit, but it's red hot, man. Dogs got to eat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, Hey, he makes my little red rocket come out. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but <laughs> he still, lipstick. he doesn't strike. Yeah. <laughs> Your what? Lipstick. Yeah. Lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he still didn't strike out, like I said. And it's just, he's different, man. Uh, Ahmed stays hot with two singles. And again, not say much he's to hot say. After just going over the day before without even getting Did he on base. go over? Did I miss that? It's just this. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't say he's hot, but he had a, he was on base a lot. He had a, this he week. Had a decent game. Two singles. Yeah. Uh, but not much to say. It was slow, and thank God for Andres Jimenez. Um, key stats, seven strikeouts to three walks, so came back down to earth a little bit, but that's still not bad. Six hits, one extra base hit. Um, again, thank God it was the three-run home run. One for one with runners in scoring position. Again, Andres Jimenez literally beat the Orioles by himself, and we left six on base even though we had nine base runners. Again, if it wasn't for that three-run thing, we would have probably just gone scoreless. Uh, give me some defensive highlights. Ken. Yeah, so in the bottom of the eighth, uh, Stephen Kwan makes a phenomenal diving catch to take away a base hit from the Orioles. Um, late in the game, make, making huge defensive plays. Love to see it. And then Luke Maley, the bottom of the ninth on a strike three call, uh, lets a ball go through the five hole to put Adley Rushman on base at first. Can't have that. You got to block those um, right through right through the legs like yeah, you can't be having that especially late in a game in a one-run game you got to drop down to your knees you got blocked that you can't let me let that go i agree i mean hedges doesn't make that mistake and i mean it was kind of lazy that he wasn't already down for that ball to let it kick through yeah but uh i mean it didn't cost us anything but, it could have yeah, it, it could have been real it, bad yeah it could have i mean you don't give free base yeah runners. you can't bad things happen ex- especially on what should have been a what on what was a strikeout now you go from having a runner no runners on with an out to having a runner on first with no outs big difference yep i agree so um pushing yeah, my agenda and he's been solid behind the plate but it's just it's a little thing like that that you're like yeah you never see hedges yeah. do that uh pitching analysis please sack shoves in this one uh got to give him credit again love to see him Six. bounce back baby i yep my, two my, strong my, starts my, my in the same back. week. Two wins in the same week, too. Uh, he gives up two runs, uh, only four hits, no walks, and he strikes out eight. So uh, the only damage he allowed was a two-run bomb he gave up to Ryan Mountcastle in the That's bottom baseball. of the fourth. 
Yep. Uh, he's got to watch the home runs, but you can't complain about this. Uh, I'd like to see the strikeouts tick up yeah, a little bit. Yeah, six innings, four hits, two runs. Eight strikeouts eight strikeouts and six innings for him is pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, it's I'll, solid I'll in general. Six innings, six innings, two runs, four hits. Yep. Um, and Henches comes in. He hasn't been quite as sharp the last couple outings. Uh, he only gets one out in the seventh, but he walks two. Uh, and then Eli Morgan picks him up. High leverage again. Um, you know, one run game in trouble here. Uh, and he gives us one and two one and two thirds innings of scoreless ball. He walks one, strikes out one. And I mean he's just been different lately. Like he yeah, is on a that tear. long hair. Like I, I said know. last week, it like adds an extra like how flames on a car adds extra horsepower, adds a little bit extra velo. Yeah. It's it's something. That he's our high- in the bullpen makes me like just does something for me yeah because his stuff plays up 94 95 on the fastball and then that bugs bunny change up at 75 i got a, i got nasty. a question for you right okay lay it on me so you're a bullpen pitcher theoretically okay. what would okay, be your bull, like, yes. what would be your bullpen song like that you came out to something for kanye west let's not lie to ourselves that's not very like okay. There's a lot of. It'd song, probably but... be Father Stretch My Hands Part One. Be okay. like you're the only power. <laughs> you're the only. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's like, dun, 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 dun. and then I start sprinting a little bit. Get out yeah. there, like oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, I like that. Yep. So, what about you? Mine would probably be "Sad but True" by Metallica. Okay. I feel like that's just like a classic bullpen kind of thing. But anything by Metallica is like sports. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, uh, in Italy, I played for a – technically, it was a semi-pro Italian baseball team. Um, but it was just Flex. like a – It was just like a rec league. It, it was not – I tried out, and I was like – I was 20 years old, so I was still kind of in like pretty good shape. So it was pretty easy because – Italy's not super big on baseball, uh, but that was my walk-up song was Sad But True by Metallica. Semi-pro league. Sorry about that. Sorry for sorry for flexing on them, but I love that for you. Um, and then Klasse gets a second save of the series, his ninth on the year, perfect inning of relief, striking out one. Paul took him 10 pitches. Nine of them were strikes. <laughs> his you know ratio what? of strikes like, are just nuts. Like, Pitchers usually want to throw like you don't want to throw all strikes. You want to throw stuff on the edge and throw stuff to make people chase. When you throw a hundred and two mile power cutter, doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. All. I was talking again to bring up Troy. Uh, we were talking about baseball. I was like, yeah, and I, he was like, he's like, exactly how good is Emmanuel Class A? Because he's like, because like obviously he's good. I was like, the dude throws a hundred and two mile power cutter. He's like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, yep. <laughs> like what? He's like, you can't do anything against that. I was like, no. Literally can't. No, there's nothing. You just sit there and take it. It's like know your place. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that. I mean, we go five and one on the week, and man, did we need it. We're back yeah. to one game out of five hundred. We played play two bad teams, and Baltimore's been better this year than than people. They're they've been overperforming. But, yeah, like twenty two and thirty or something like that. But yeah, but, yeah, still two bad teams and just beat up on them. One game you lost you, the one game you lost by one run. Like that's gonna happen. It's that's baseball. Like you're you're gonna lose games by one run to teams that you should beat, and then you're gonna win games by one run to get from teams that you're not supposed to beat. Uh, but you're not gonna hear me complain about going five and one ever. 
No, I'm excited. I, I like I it's got me like hyped for this team again. I mean, I knew what this year was going to be, but you know what I mean? It just gets yeah. you like, OK, OK, we're finally doing what we're supposed to. Um, we're running long here, so why don't we clean up the who's hot and who's not? And then we just yeah, have you're a little hear bit me of news. fly through this. You never, you've never heard me talk so fast. So who's hot? Cal Contral, we're taking him off the who's hot. Uh, he was at a B, uh, but we've got someone else that we have to put on. Uh, we wanted to make sure he did we nothing gave Cal wrong. some love. Yeah, because he deserves it. But we got some players that we got some dogs. Uh, Tristan yeah. McKenzie, he stays on. He was at a B plus. He's at A right now. Went seven innings of five run ball on Saturday. Uh, but he just gave up. He just gave up home runs, which that's going to happen. If you're going to give him up, you want him to be solo shots. But he just ended up having people on. Uh, can't justify taking him off when his last three starts. He's got a three three two ERA and a point eight nine WHIP. So. Love to see it. Point six nine. Six nine whip. Six nine. Six nine whip. I need to make this font bigger. Uh, Last seven games, three two eight ERA with a point eight one whip, just shoving. Uh, Jose Ramirez, he's staying on. He's staying at an A, debatably an A plus. Uh, Last week, a one three two OPS. Last seven games, batting two fifty with a four hundred OPP, a five forty two slugging, and a nine forty two OPS. Six for twenty four with two home runs. Five RBIs, six walks, three of them were intentional, two stolen bases, and one strikeout. Just no one wants to pitch to this dude ever. <laughs> he's just doing it all, man. Yeah. Uh, Andres Jimenez, he's going from the who's not list to the who's hot list. Um, and he's going on to a B. Plus. Uh, last seven games, uh, 385 uh, batting average with a 407 OBP, a 769 slugging for a 1176 OPS. 10 for 26 with three home runs, nine RBIs, a walk, and a stolen base. Has a 327 uh, OPS. Sorry. Yeah, I had a 327 OPS the week before, but turned the fuck around and snapped. Uh, like I said, goes from the who's not to who's hot in one week after going from the who's hot to who's not in one week. So streaky, baby. So Cal. Cal off again did nothing wrong. Still BB plus. We just had to put Andres to kind of just sit there. On. Yeah, Andres Jimenez had to go on. So T Mac goes down from an A to a B plus. He's still our king. Jose stays at an A. Andres Jimenez on with a B plus. Yep. Who's not list? We already talked about Andres Jimenez getting taken off. Miles Straw. He's staying on. He was at a D minus, but we're gonna move him up to a D. Uh, last week he had a six twenty nine. What? Oh, he's a D minus. He was a D. Sorry. Uh, Last week he had a 6.29 OPS. Last seven games, 160 batting average, 250 OBP, 160 slugging, and a 4.10 OPS. You want to see that OBP up a decent bit from your leadoff guy? In 49 games, uh, he's slashing 2.31 with a 3.40 OBP, a uh, 2.29 uh, slugging for 6.21 OPS. Just not what you want from your leadoff guy. Stephen, yeah, Kwan, the OBP's carrying him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like a 410. Oh, come on, Miles. You're down yeah. to a 230, like on the year, a 231 batting average. Like batting average isn't everything, but dog. Yeah. Uh, Steven Kwan, he stays on. He's going from a D. He was an F last week, 317 OPS. Uh, last seven games, a 208 average, a 296 uh, OBP, a 333 slugging, and a 629 OBS. He had that triple and a couple doubles. But uh, you're starting to see him tick up a little bit and like to see it. The OBP is eh. The OPS is 100 points below league average, so not great. Um, 
better, but not enough. Uh, and then Trevor Stefan, Stefan, I don't know why I always say Stefan. Trevor Stefan is on at a D minus in his last seven appearances, a nine, five, three ERA, a two, one, two whip, uh, falling out of the high leverage role. Cause Eli Morgan's dropping dick off, uh, in the last two weeks. Uh, and he's given up at least one earned run in four of his last five outings. So, uh, to recap, Andres Jimenez is taking off the who's not list. Cause he's, He's hot as balls right now. Miles Straw, he's staying on at a D minus, was a D. Stephen Kwan staying on at a D, he was an F. And Trevor Steffen is on at a D minus. Yep. So AL Central standings, Minnesota, we made some ground. Uh, Minnesota, you did great. Minnesota, 32 and 24, uh, first place, four and six in their last 10. So they've cooled off. Cleveland, second place, baby. 24 and 25, four and a half games out, six and four in our last 10. White Sox, 25 and 27, five games out, four and six in their last 10. Detroit, 21 and 33 in fourth place, 10 games out, five and five in their last 10. And Kansas City, last place, 17 and 35. I think that's the worst record in baseball. 13 games out, three and seven in their last 10. Know your place, trash. A uh, quick thing for anybody that's new to the show this year, we will not talk about the wild card race until after the All-Star break. Yep. So I will mention, though, we're one game out because of the third spot. So, But we will bring it up then. Yeah, and then we, bring us home here with some Guardians news yeah. later later week. So on on uh, so on so last Monday, uh, Guardians Perspective tweeted out that 22-year-old shortstop prospect Gabriel Arias is already back swinging the bat uh, out in good year. Uh, just love to see him taking cuts off the tee. Uh, just get back, King. Um, and then Wednesday, Mandy Bell tweeted out that James Karinchek will make his rehab start assignment today, or he will start his rehab assignment today in Columbus. That was Wednesday. Um, I'm sure he's pitched since then. I don't have his line, though. Uh, and then Saturday, Guardians Perspective tweeted out that 21-year-old outfield prospect George Valera, after a slow start to the year, uh, now has eight home runs, 30 RBIs, and an 867 OPS for double A uh, for the Rubber Ducks this season. Uh, love to see it. And then today, Guardians Perspective tweeted out that the Cleveland Guardians have promoted 22 year old right hand prospect Gavin Williams to double A. Williams over nine starts at High A Lake County, 45 innings, 25 hits, seven runs, uh, all of them earned, 14 walks, 67 strikeouts for a 140 ERA. 67 strikeouts and 45 innings, which is high A ball. So, like, take it what you will, but still fucking 67 strikeouts. Your stuff has to be working. This is just a guy. It's exciting because we've talked about him a little bit. Again, we're not prospect experts, but we try and mention the people that obviously you're going to want to know and people that are, you know, legit. And Gavin Williams is the truth. And I just feel like obviously it's a promotion. So don't get me wrong. You're when I say you're going to a different league, but like you're starting to really get there at double A. Like that's yeah. that's the path. Like I know that's stupid, but you know what I mean? Like you're really like we're going to start hearing more about him. People will start analyzing his performance more. You know what I mean? Like you're starting to get pace and better con- competition. Now you're going to see if your stuff can hang with other players that are watched and other players that are expected to be guys one day. You know what I mean? So, well, and you know what I mean? Just like double A yeah. is like, you're getting closer, like legitimately yeah. closer. And, and it's just very meaningful. So, um, yeah. Shout out to Gavin Williams, dude. He's the truth. 
Uh, wrapping up here, upcoming series preview, three games versus the Rangers. Uh, obviously, we mentioned it already, and everybody knows when you listen that uh, got rained out, unfortunately, tonight. So that sucks. I don't know. Uh, we get a doubleheader tomorrow, one at 310, and then I'm assuming it's a traditional doubleheader. So day baseball and uh, night baseball tomorrow. So On my day off, um, too? Oh. oh, sorry about that. And then, uh, so 310, and then I'm assuming it's a traditional doubleheader to start 40 minutes later. Yeah. And then Wednesday, 710 start. So it looks like John Gray versus Cal Quantrill tomorrow. Uh, John Gray is a right-handed pitcher, 1-2 and two with a 483 ERA. Quantrill is 2-3, and 352 three, ERA, our big daddy Dick King. Um, John Gray moved from the Rockies uh, this offseason to the Rangers, signed a deal. He struggled out of the gate this year, but he started locking it in uh, a little bit lately. He's on my fantasy team. And then our pitcher is uh, TBD for uh, Wednesday's finale. Um, it'll be a lefty, though, Hearn, who's 3-4 and four with a 5-4-80 RA uh, for the Rangers. And then again, TBD for us, so we'll see. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot. It's four games against Texas. Excuse me. Um, it's, I thought it was Wednesday, three games we'll, against Texas and four games against the Athletics. It is. I'm a mess here. I'm sorry. It's all fucked up because it's showing on yeah. the app four games yeah, yeah, yeah. because it was rain, rained out. And there's uh, two sorry. games so, tomorrow. Two games. And then Wednesday, excuse me, is the finale. It's going to be Dunning, who's a righty, one and three, four eleven ERA versus Shane Bieber, folks. Righty, three and three, three one two ERA. Uh, the Rangers better this year. Um, knew they weren't going to jump all the way from dumpster sixty. Debatably the best team. middle infield in all of baseball. Even though they've been scuffling a little yeah, bit, yeah. But semi, defensively, I think is, just yeah. And there's a lot of power there. Yeah. Um, I want to see us take two or three here. You yeah. know what I mean? Not at to home, be greedy, but it's you got doable. You're at, and Cal Quantrill. Yeah. Yeah. A, a beatable team, um, go two for three, like split tomorrow, win Wednesday. Um, you know, just get us back to 500. And then um, we got three against Oakland. Um, four against Oakland. Four. Get, damn it. I'm sorry. Four against Oakland. Uh, first game starts Thursday at 7.10 p.m. Uh, too early for pitchers to be announced. Friday, 7.10 Saturday, 410. And a little fun fact, 1135 in the morning start Eastern on Sunday. So I kind of love that. So Oakland, you know, we knew that they blew up their entire team. When we saw them, they were still playing okay to start the year. Guess what? You can't hide from the baseball gods. Uh, They're now 20 and 36. They've lost six in a row. They're one and nine in their last 10. Know your place, trash. Um you at a minimum need to split this, but really you need you need to win this series. Like no excuses. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I want to see us come out a game or two above five hundred at the end of this week. Keep it rolling. Back at home, feel yourself. Um, let's get it done, man. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Seven game homestand. You uh, see, geek to get your tickets again. Uh, not only just because they're they're helping us out sponsoring, but helping you guys out by getting money uh off fill the seats out but also just go to a baseball game have fun you know what i mean it's it's a beautiful yeah. game go out there enjoy it and uh i don't know send us pictures if you go put add us on add us yeah on. i want to see merch i want to yeah. see merch like i need people have tweeted at us but i need to see more merch i yeah. know how much you guys have bought it's a decent amount and it's from different I want, people i want to i want to see some shit. i want to see some people at the games repping the merch send us some pictures add, add us 
tag us in them on on Twitter or, or Instagram, uh, and I'll, I'll go out there and watch some baseball. If 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 do it do it for Papa, but also do it because it's good for your mental health and uh, just go enjoy some some fresh air and some some good baseball. Go do it. Um, so we're going to wrap up running long, but it was good catching up with you, Paul. Seriously. We really have like literally not talked yeah, all week. So I've been, I always love talking to ball with shift, you. So true. And love everybody listening. Check out the merch store, yeah. uh, link to all the sponsors and the merch store is in the episode description. Going to be dropping a new, uh, design here soon when Paul gets the chance to, uh, design it. That's not me coming at you. I'm just saying the life happens and, uh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, follow, turn on automatic downloads wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. Please consider leaving a review. It really, really helps us out, helps other people find the show. So if you enjoy it, tell them about it and make it easy for others to find it. And uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 216BaseballPod, especially on Twitter. Um, and we'll be back next Monday to give you a breakdown of the Rangers and Athletics series and hopefully another good episode full of dubs so guards up baby guards up baby let's go